Smoky night. Threw a lot of paper on that fire, but... Tax time. And welcome back, everyone. It is episode number 61 of Thirst and Gold. Ben is here across the table from me. I am Franny. He has his buffalo sweater on once again. He has his Pittsburgh Steelers beanie on. Ben, episode 61. I can't believe it. (laughs) We turned the corner on yet another 10 or another decade of episodes here on Thirst and Goal. Uh, We began this endeavor back in November of 2018, and we are still going strong. So thank all of our listeners out there for sticking with us, and thanks to all of our new listeners out there. Frane, how was your week this week? It was good. It was it was a long week. I mean, last week seemed like it flew by. This one dragged on just a little bit, Ben. What about you? Yeah, it was a long, long week. Uh, four days of work, uh, and then a long day of jury duty Always on fun. Friday. Always fun, that jury duty. And uh, I have to go back on Monday for uh, continued jury selection, uh, which is actually worse than working. <laughs> Sitting around in a building with uh, marble floors with no place to sit for eight or nine hours is not a particularly fun way to spend your time. I'd yeah, rather be working. Nope. But, Franny, what are you drinking over there? I think you have a new rye in your uh, we'll have the rye old and Coke. Yeah, last week I was drinking the Jack Rye. Actually, a couple of weeks in a row I was drinking the Jack Rye and Coke. I'm um, drinking the Old Forester Rye and Coke. What about you, Ben? Ooh, very nice. Yeah, I'm drinking the Copper and King's American Dry Gin from the Copper and King's Brandy Company down in beauty, beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. And folks, just bear with me tonight. My voice may be a little bit scratchy. We got a little bit of warm weather out here on the West Coast. The flowers are you blooming. You fine, Ben. The flowers are blooming. The uh, the pollen is coming. The dust is blowing. So my allergies are acting up. So if you hear me coughing or, or sneeze. sneezing, it is uh, simply allergies. It's not a coronavirus outbreak <laughs> here on Thurston Gold Podcast. So rest assured, we are okay. And Franny, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, we're going to talk about some XFL news. It's uh, week four, and we're going to talk a little bit about week five. Or no, last week Is it week, week four, four and week five? I week can't four, even keep five. you straight. I, yeah, neither can I. I don't, I don't remember which week we're on, but we'll talk about There's some this, games. the current week. Uh, we have some NFL news and also your feel-good story, Ben. <laughs> we have our shout-outs to our fellow podcasters, a couple of promos. We have our tag team news, Eagles news, Seahawks news, Steelers news. Sonia uh, may or may not join us on the podcast tonight. She was out a little earlier, so uh, we'll see. You know, if she, if she maybe samples some of the drinks that we have on the table, possibly. Uh, we also have some housekeeping from Ben. We're going to talk a little bit about Amazon's All or Nothing. Ben, have you watched any episodes? I did. I watched episode five All and right. episode six. All right. So we're caught up. So I'm on episode yeah. six. I watched episode six last night. So uh, maybe next week I'll watch seven and eight or, you know, seven or eight. We'll see. It's starting to get depressing. <laughs> <laughs> we have some mailbag questions that we'll try to answer on the show we have ben's betting corner and uh things are looking up for you ben yeah i'm loving betting on the xfl (laughs) those teasers are tasty folks tasty teasers and we have our shot of the week that doesn't look that appetizing it's from ben's big badass book of shots that he got me as a gag gift and i'm using it so not a gag gift it's actually coming in handy it's payback for that 100 rum shot that you gave me (laughs) And uh, we also have our beverage of the week, which is 
I would say it's an Isla Scotch, but we're not sure exactly from which island. I'm not sure if it's Isla or, you know, the Isle of Skye or, you know, it doesn't really say which island it's from, but it is from that region of Scotland. Yeah, I think it's called Craig Isle. Craig. 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 C-R-E-A-G Isle. And we have our beer of the week. We've had um, a couple of domestic beers recently. So uh, tonight we're going to go international. We're going to be trying a Belgian beer uh, tonight. It has the most generic looking can that you'll ever see on a shelf. And that's why I, I bought it. It just kind of stood out being so generic. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and we have some housekeeping to finish up tonight, Ben. All right, folks, since you're listening out there, we truly, truly appreciate it. Please consider subscribing and heading over to our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe from there. Please, 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 we would really appreciate it if you would tell a friend, a family member, a dog, a pet, a cat, a coworker, a stranger on the street, someone you're in jury duty with. Tell them about Thirsting Gold Podcast. Grab their phone away from them. Find the app where they listen to their pod, where they listen to their podcasts or podcasts and subscribe for them. Are you wearing uh, our T-shirt at Jury Duty, Ben? Oh, I should wear you, Actually, you I should. should wear I should wear that. The judge will ask me in front of uh, <laughs> 40 of my other prospective jurors, what does that shirt mean? They do say business casual, though. I think people definitely uh, may overdo the casual part of that uh, and listening to people try to get out. Well, you should I, wear the T-shirt with a tie. Yeah, I could wear, yeah. I should wear a T-shirt with a shorts with, a, with, a, with the Thirsty Gold podcast T-shirt and a bow tie. And you'll be overdressed. I'll definitely get out of jury duty that way. Uh, but finally, what's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, some XFL news. Uh, well, we just want to go through At least to go through the game. Go through yeah. the game. We'll review it. And uh, we'd really be interested. Uh, hit Franny up on his Twitter or on his Instagram account. Hit me up on at GoalThirst on Twitter. In, at, uh, Instagram is at Thirstand. If you have any comments, questions about the XFL, or if you'd like us to stop covering it or yep. continue to cover it, uh, but it is going on, and it is, in fact, happening. It's football, and it's something to bet on, and it's a little bit of football. There's some really good quarterbacks out there. The first game... Mm, they're okay. They're, they're, they're okay. They're quarterbacks, all right. They are. There are some <laughs> quarterbacks, although the L.A. quarterback played pretty well Did he? last week. So the first game where we, uh, we covered the Saturday games last week. So Sunday, we had the Guardians, the pathetic New York Guardians at the St. Louis Battlehawks with... Um, uh, the, the Battlehawks winning 29 to 9. Uh, looked like the Guardians, I think they fell to, they were 0 and 3, I think, after that game, I believe. They may have been. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting game. I really like the Battlehawks. I think they are going to battle it out with the Houston Roughnecks for the, you know, the opportunity to win the yeah. first or the second they XFL look, championship. Out of all the teams, those two teams look like the best teams in the league so far. Yeah, and Jordan Tayamu with another really, really good game. I really like this kid. Uh, you know, another touchdown uh, for Jones, and uh, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good game. I mean, I watched a little piece of that game, uh, but the Guardians are really, really struggling, and it's it's been a little bit hard for them uh, to get a passing game going with McGloin who was benched last week for criticizing his team's offense in the middle of the game. They benched him at halftime, uh, but they also threw in Williams and Perez uh, to no avail. They were not able to get anything going against the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, next game up, we had your L.A. Wildcats versus the D.C. Defenders. This was a surprise upset. For Did you watch any of this? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. I watched a little bit of this game. Um... 
it sort of plays in the background. You know, like I have the game on while I'm on my cell phone. And when I hear something like exciting happen in the game, then I'll, you know, look at the TV. Um, but, you know, it's 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 definitely not NFL football. You know, I mean, the, the oh, talent sure. level is better than AAF, like we mentioned before. But it's it's just it's not really piquing my interest. You know, it's 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 there. It's great to have some football in the offseason, but it's not the NFL. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Josh Johnson, though, had a really, really good game. I was shocked at how well he played because the the, uh, the defenders have been stinking it up for, or the Wildcats have been stinking it up for many, many games in a row. Uh, you know, an 18 completions on 25 attempts for 278 yards, three, count them, three touchdowns in the game and no interceptions. I won my teaser on this particular game. Uh, and the defenders, I think I, we'll get you the standings uh, as we move through. I'm not sure what I'll the standings. Look at Pumphrey last week, huh? Donnell, the former Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bench star. <laughs> eight <laughs> I, eight rushing attempts for 40 yards. Hey, that's not bad. Five yards average. That's that's pretty good. No, it's not bad at all. He's a small guy. Uh, and I think uh, this or today another teaser that I won. Uh, the L.A. Wildcats at the New York Guardians. The Guardians. Finally getting off the schneid and getting a win 17 to 14 over the LA Wildcats. Uh, Josh Johnson in this game did not do as well as he did last week. Uh, 25 completions on 40 attempts, 330 yards, count them, two touchdowns, but one huge interception in the game. Perez on the other side for the Guardians actually had a pretty good game, 150 yards on 26 attempts and one count it, one huge touchdown. What do you think about the LA Wildcats? Losing to the worst team in the league. Yeah, well, they were the worst team before that. I mean, last yeah, week, you know, there was a, that was a surprise win, really. Um, but we talked about it though, Ben, last week with having you know the game sort of staggered, where you know you have one game on, then the other game on. I mean, I don't like having a Saturday and Sunday game. I think it should all be on Sunday. Just choose one day, have all the games on one day, where we can sort of sit back and relax and watch all the games. Because you know, watching on a Saturday and on a Sunday, it's really difficult to find time to watch these games. Yeah, so I like mean, tune in to you know into the games and 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 you know not have to run errands afterwards. It's it's kind of tough. It's 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 a little difficult. Yeah, and I think we talked about this last week. I mean, unless it's the playoffs and you have wild card games on Saturday, wild card games on Sunday, then we will tune in. But you can't ask people to sacrifice all of their Saturday and all of their Sunday to watch the XFL games. Uh, last game or the game uh, last game today. Oh, the poor Seattle Dragons. They can't get off the schneid here. They lose to the St. Louis Battlehawks again. I think they are 0-4, if I'm not mistaken. But Jordan Tiamo with another good game. Mm -hmm. 20 completions on 27 attempts. 74% completion percentage. Count it. One touchdown in the game. He continues to play well. They scored just enough points to win every game they play. Rushing the ball, too. I mean, look at rushing 16 attempts. Um, you know, 3.9 yard average, but 63 total yards and then uh, 20 for 27. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, this guy could find himself in the NFL, at least as a backup somewhere. Yeah, I think him and um, I can't remember his name now for the uh, for the Houston Roughnecks. His name escaped me. PJ, PJ, I want to say. Pull it up. What is his name? Houston Roughnecks quarterback. Sorry, folks. Also looks like a guy, though, that might make it into the NFL. Yeah, P.J. Walker, Philip mm-hmm. Walker. Mm-hmm. Great season so far. Uh, I expect to see both him and Jordan Tiamu in the NFL next year. 
Uh, we have the standings. The St. Louis Battlehawks heading up the XFL East. Looks like what? Look at I'm, I feel like I'm looking at the NBA standings here <laughs> with only two divisions, two conferences, and no divisions within those conferences. Uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks heading up the East at three and one. The Houston Roughnecks at three and zero oh on the other side of the ledger. There, the Dallas Renegades at two and one in the West. The Wildcats at one and three. The Dragons at one and three. Uh, in the East, the Defenders at two and one, the Guardians at two and two. They do have, or they do have two wins. Mm-hmm. And Tampa Bay, the lone winless team sitting at oh and three. But I predict the St. Louis Battlehawks will play the Houston Roughnecks in an actual, a pretty good game for the championship. Uh, eventually, I think, eventually, I think in April or May. I believe it's in, uh, I believe in April. All I believe right. it's in April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and tomorrow we have the Houston Roughnecks at the Dallas Renegades and the DC Defenders at the Tampa Bay the battle, Vipers. Battle of Texas, Houston yes. versus Dallas. That might not be a bad game with uh, Landry Jones going up against <laughs> Philip Walker in that game. Could be actually Your that Pittsburgh could be, guy, man. Yeah, yeah, that could be a pretty good game. It might be if a pretty good game. If only he was available this season. After Roethlisberger went down. Oh. If he wasn't under contract, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. I mean, and I was looking at the cap hits. You know, Roethlisberger's right behind Jared Goff. Yeah, you might have a Jones jersey, not a Hodges jersey Uh-oh. hanging in your closet. What are we going to do with that Hodges jersey? <laughs> I think we'll just give it away. We'll give it away as a joke on the podcast yeah, to, to, to a Steeler fan. To Devlin. <laughs> to a Steeler fan. <laughs> the like, Devlin. Can, can, the I that, Steeler can fan. I have that back? I mean, get. I mean, this was the only one that was purchased online. It's funny because Tiamu, watching him play, watching Jordan Tiamu, watching Philip Walker play this season... I think both of those guys are better than than Devlin Hodges. I'm not sure how these guys weren't on a practice squad or on a roster somewhere mm-hmm. because they're clearly better than Hodges and probably better than Rudolph. Well, it's lesser talent too. I mean, you know, if they, yeah, if they played true. in the NFL, who knows how they would have performed in the NFL against you know uh, top corners and 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 you know linebackers. You know, who, who knows how they would have? Uh, maybe they would have been great. Who knows? But it's just a different level. Oh, for sure, of talent, for sure. For sure. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Unless you have anything else to add about the XFL. Oh, uh, no, I love talking about the XFL, Ben. Can you, oh, I can hear it in your oh, voice how man. excited you are. It's getting to that point where we were talking about the AAF for a I few know. weeks. Maybe we'll move this way <laughs> down the, in the agenda for the, for the following weeks because <laughs> I feel like it's petering out. Apparently the, the viewership is still up. Yeah. Uh, but it is, we're not actually watching as many games yeah. as we, probably should to spend as much time talking not, about it it's not there the excitement is not there yeah. anymore you know when it was fresh and new and novel it was like oh you know let's watch some some uh some football in the off season and it was exciting for a week or two there but yeah like you said ben it's starting to peter out just a little bit yeah exactly all right funny what's next up on the big board next up on the big board ben nfl news and your feel-good story oh we got a little bit of nfl news this week uh not surprisingly not surprisingly Tom Brady, Tom Brady saga continues this week. Poor Tom Brady. Nobody wants him. Everybody wants him. Nobody <laughs> knows. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported that Brady's agent Don Yee was meeting with teams this week at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Rappaport said that those teams included the Los Angeles Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Colts. CNN reached out to Yee for comment, but he is, but they have not heard back. CNN tried to reach out as well, and the Colts have flat out denied that they have any interest in Tom Brady. But the saga continues. Still, still no contract with the Patriots and heading and moving closer to the March 18th beginning of the league year when they can be, other teams can negotiate. Franny, what say you 
about Tom Brady and his roadshow. He's not going anywhere. I don't know. I, 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 I bet on the Colts. I, bet, I, put, I placed a bet on the Colts. I don't think he would want to go to the Colts, though. I mean, if he had to choose a team, I think he would rather he would rather go to Los Angeles, not the Rams. Although the Rams would be great with with Tom Brady, uh, but with the Chargers or Las Vegas, I think he would rather choose those two teams over the Colts. Really? That's just my opinion. I don't think he if if he was to go to any other team, it would be either Las Vegas or to the Chargers. I just don't see him in Vegas. I mean, I don't, I just don't see him with John Gruden. I, don't, I think they have a better. His, I think they have a better wife, team. You know, he has he has a, a super model wife hanging you know, out at the yeah. at the forum shops at Caesars. Exactly. It's like it, like he was maybe he's built afraid. For that. Maybe afraid they'll just spend their entire fortune if they move to yeah. Vegas just on <laughs> food and accoutrements around uh, around Vegas. But I agree. I mean, but I but I do think there's a chance. Not the Chargers. Not the Los Angeles Chargers. Not the Raiders. But I do think there's an outside shot he ends up in Indy. Why? Because they've got that offensive line, because yeah. they've got a decent defense, because they've got... Yeah, but the Chargers also have a very good team. I mean, the Chargers, I mean, they didn't perform to the levels that we expected them to this year, but they have a good team. They have a good team, you know, there. I mean, not Oakland, but Las Vegas, you know, not as good. But uh, I, w- I would say the Chargers team is just as good as that Indy team. I, I don't disagree. Except they got better quarterback play this year, and they have a better coach. In Indianapolis, that is true. Definitely. But I, I just think that if if I'm Tom Brady, if I'm going to choose Indianapolis, you definitely wouldn't be on this or Los Angeles. With me. Then I would I would go to Los Angeles. I, I mean, I think that that's a smart move. I just think that the team is so poorly run, so poorly managed, and and with Anthony Lynn there, you know, he's a decent coach, but he's nowhere in Frank Reich's. You know, he's not up there with Frank Reich, and they've got a decent offensive line. They've got a decent defense. They've got Marlon Mack. They've got decent receivings, receiving core in Indianapolis as well. I think that, that if he wants to win this year or I mean, next you got year, Keenan Allen over here too. I mean, you, you, but you this got is the Chargers, really good, though. Yeah, I know. They just can't see, but get they out would of their definitely fill. They would fill that stadium easily with Chargers fans and not with opposing That's teams true. fans. That's true. If Tom Brady was over here, and they might have to move it to a larger stadium <laughs> if, Tom ba- if Tom Brady is your quarterback, move it over to uh, what's well, a to larger, the what's a larger to the brand new stadium? Actually, that's oh, gonna be opening yeah, up. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, they'll be playing. They won't be playing in the small stadium where uh, the Galaxy play right now. Or they'll have to like rent out some space at the Coliseum. You have a hundred thousand fans <laughs> in the new stadium at uh, SoFi Stadium, and you have a bunch of people also watching the game at the Coliseum just because they want to see Tom Brady. But I think he's staying in New England. I agree with Franny, but I think there is an outside chance. Outside yeah. chance that he ends up But like Sonia said, said last week, he's been quiet his entire career, never really made a big deal out of uh, you know his contract situation. He would usually sign for a smaller contract. So I think now at the end of his career, he likes this sort of attention. Yeah, I agree. And he, I mean, this is the first year that he really had an XFL offense around him. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of the, the level of play that he had outside of Julian Edelman. It was a bunch of scrubs on offense. The offensive line wasn't able to protect him the way it had in the past, and I don't think he was enamored with the plans going into next year. So I agree with Ronnie. I think he's going to stay, but I think there's an outside chance he ends up with the Indianapolis Very outside. Colts. You heard it here. Not first. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Cam Newton. Cam, Cam, Cam. So the Carolina Panthers are now... And announcing now they are moving forward with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback, at least for the 2020 season. According to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, coach Matt Rule and his staff have reportedly been impressed with how Newton has treated his rehab and his intent to return to top form. Franny, what say you about Cam Newton? The commitment, they're not letting him go. I think right right now he's their best option. 
You know, I mean, we saw what happened uh, after he went out with Allen uh, at the quarterback. He was successful early on, but then he sort of reverted into like a, a backup sort of quarterback. You know, I mean, you could tell he that turned he turned into was, Devlin Hodges. He, he, he basically, I mean, that's exactly what he turned into, except he was a little better. He was a little bit better than than than, uh, than Hodges. Yeah, can't let it go. But <laughs> can't just let me have that one. But I, I think that right now that's their best option. I mean, in the draft, they might want to select a quarterback. Um, just to see, you know, if, if that whoever they select can develop. Uh, but I think right now Cam is still a good option. I mean, he's had some success in the, in the, in the league. Uh, you know, he was in the Super Bowl. He was an MVP. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he can still be a top 10 QB. Yeah. I mean, they could have released him and, and saved about $20 million on the, you know, off the cap, drafted somebody or potentially signed a quarterback to bring them in and, you know, one of the free agent quarterbacks, but, or they could have started Kyle Allen. Uh, but I agree with Franny. I think this is the yeah, best, the mean, best, the best and only option. We for saw, the, we saw the best of Allen, and who, we saw the worst yeah. of Allen. And, and he the was worst great was, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, he was but amazing in the beginning. He was, and it, he has. A, I mean, the the running game, the, the running game was great too. I mean, that that's kind of what you know helped him sort of excel as a quarterback. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we, we we saw you know what he could do on the field, but he's definitely not a long term kind of guy. I mean, I think Cam Newton's still having him there, and you know if his rehab is going well then definitely have to roll with Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was hoping they would try to do something a little different, but I think Matt Rule, new coach, probably gets to get his legs under him a little bit for at least a season. You know, going with a known quantity where there's lots of film and he's got experience in the area and in the offense. But he's got to stay healthy. Yeah. He's got to be smart when he runs out of the pocket. You know, he's not Superman anymore. He can't be Carson Wentz. He can't <laughs> just be running out there, putting your head and, you know, getting your head right in Jadavion Clowney's head's way. Well, Ben, <laughs> touchy subject there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree with I agree with Franny. It's it's they got to go with Cam. Yeah. I mean, I think the options are are quickly diminishing. Lim- yeah, very limited right now. I mean, who else is out there? That, I don't think I Tom mean, Brady's going to play. Tom Brady's for, not going to play for Matt Rule. That would be yeah. a smart. I mean, that wouldn't actually be a bad move for Tom Brady if they were if they were even I mean, interested in him at all. But that division is kind of tough, though. You know, with, with him going over there. I mean, the division that he's in right now. For Tom Brady is like a cakewalk. You know, you know you're going to go to the playoffs. No, the Jets are there. Whereas, as, yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll be better. They'll be better. But, uh, you know, in that division with the Saints and uh, Tampa, who, you know, they, we'll see what they do this year, but they seem like they're they're a team that's sort of on the rise, depending on who their quarterback might be next season. Yeah, um, But, uh, you know, they have Atlanta, you know, the Saints and, and Tampa Bay. So that would be a little difficult for, you know, Tom Brady to go to that sort of situation. But I think Cam Newton is definitely the best option. Yeah, and it's too bad, but uh, we'll see what Matt Rule does in the out years after they ultimately let Cam go. Uh, They did a little bit of news about the franchise tag this past week. Uh, The Players Association and the owners agreed. The revised franchise and transition tag deadlines were agreed to by the NFL and the Players Association, according to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Uh, was reported earlier this week. They pushed the franchise tag and transition tag out to February 27th through March 12th, which was, I think, this past Thursday, uh, two days later uh, this year than normal. So the teams will have a little bit uh, longer period of time, later period of time to determine who they're going to franchise. There's a lot of interesting candidates out there. Dak. Uh, Dak Prescott, same team, Amari Cooper, uh, Chris Jones for um, for the... Redskins, uh, there are a lot of players out there that teams have to make a judgment call as to whether they're going to franchise or transition tag these folks, whether it be exclusive or non-exclusive. But if the team, if the teams 
the ownership and the players are not able to agree to a new CBA. Uh, we will have both tags because they had both tags on the last contracts. So we'll have both tags this year, uh, but at least it gives the teams a little bit more time to determine who it is they'd like to franchise or transition tag, namely Dak Prescott. <laughs> Do you think they're going to franchise Prescott? Uh, you know, that's, that's a tough one because if they do, would he show up, you know, to training camp? I mean, I, I just wonder what his reaction would be to that because he to turned down $33 million. Well, that's what he wants every year. He actually wants more than that. It seems every year if, on, in his contract. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to turn that down, but, uh, he doesn't seem very happy with the situation in Dallas right now. I mean, if I were him, I would play on it. I would ask them to franchise him. I'd play on it. Next year, the franchise tag rate will be $40 million. Yep, yep. So he'll have better bargaining position next year when the contract is is uh, finally negotiated and finalized and the salary cap goes up. He'll, ha- he'll be in the same situation next year, but with a higher franchise tag number and potentially some suitors outside of the Dallas Cowboys. If I were him, I think he would. I think he should definitely play on the tag, although it's not for me to tell him what he should do. But I would play on the tag. 33 mil. He's been pretty healthy. Has he missed any games in his career? I don't think he's missed very, very many of so. any games. I don't, I don't think he has. I mean, he's he's been healthy his entire career so far. You know, about four seasons or so. So and I, don't, I don't think he's missed any games. I mean, I think the uh, Washington Redskins would be crazy not to transition tag Chris Jones. Uh, there's a few other guys out there that that are potential franchise targets. But at least it gives this, this gives the teams a little bit of uh, leeway. I would definitely not franchise or transition tag Amari Cooper. Let him go somewhere and find a team that's going to give him $18 million because that's what he's going to get. Mm-hmm. But he deserves about 12. Yeah. Yeah. But I know you're not going to say anything nasty about the Dallas Cowboys list. You I have could. to do. Oh, I, that's why I was looking for that shot. Oh, that's why I got up from the table. I was like, I see Antonio Brown right here on the agenda. So I was going to grab it because uh, whenever he's on the agenda, Ben, you always have something negative. To say. Yeah. And rightfully so. And rightfully should so. I, should I? Yeah. Should I grab it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Grab the uh, shot. Hold right, tight. We're right. going to grab a little bit of uh, extra drinks on the table. We'll be right back, folks. All right. And we are back. We have the Jim Beam apple on the table. It so is disgusting, we've just had so you know. <laughs> a long-running drinking game on the show now where if Ben says anything negative about Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell, that was in the past, uh, or any other team in his division, uh, then he takes a shot if I say anything negative about any team in the NFC East because I'm an Eagles fan. And when I do say quite a few negative things about the Dallas Cowboys. And so whenever I do, I take a shot. And Sonia, who is not on the podcast right now, if she says anything negative about any team in the NFC West because she's a Seahawks fan, she has to take a shot. So, Ben, we have the uh, the Jim Beam apple on the table. I also uh, poured myself a little bit more of that old Forester as well. Yeah, and I finished up or topped off my Copper and Kings American-style gin, which is very good. Uh, next up on the agenda, we have a little bit of news about the... Uh, attendance in the NFL this past season. Try to give you guys a little bit of background that you might not hear on other podcasts. And I must admit, uh, I like this particular segment uh, summarizing the attendance numbers from the prior year because it does tend to piss Franny off. Franny, who do you think was the number one team in attendance last year? Well, I mean, without even looking, I mean, you have you have it up on the screen right now, but without even looking at that, I know that it's the Dallas Cowboys. I know how large their fan base is, and I know how large that stadium is. I mean, and, it, and that 90,000 average that they have right there, 90,000, 929, a lot of those are traveling fans. 
So, I mean, they're not all Cowboys fans, but there are. I can't even give them quite credit. a few. That is true. Dallas Cowboys fans out there. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys led the the league in terms of home attendance. With, number two, though, I'm surprised. At. Yeah, number yeah. yeah, number two. So the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry were, to cut you off, Ben, but no, uh, no worries. I, I just saw that. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. This is what I'm. They deserve. Yeah, we are. better. Yeah. Uh, number one with home attendance was the Dallas Cowboys at seven hundred twenty-seven thousand, averaging ninety thousand nine hundred twenty-nine fans a game, selling out ninety point nine percent of their seats number two is the new york jets that is impressive why do you think that is Franny? i mean their fans are just passionate man you know i mean, I, mean I, I just I, can't imagine sure. paying for season tickets to go see the jets i love the do jets you think there's and a i larger, love the jets podcast. I, mean, I, I see you know the average attendance but in new york do you think there are more giants fans or jets fans oh definitely or do you think more it's just giants about fans. yeah right I mean, definitely it, more giants yeah. fans. but like it the looks Yankees. like it looks like they're a little bit lower on that list so i mean the jets fans as bad as they've been not that the giants have been spectacular but the jets fans they keep on showing up and i respect that very much they deserve because better. that team has not been very good since you know sanchez yeah, and then they much. go out and they hire Adam Gase, and, and it just gets no, worse. And there's no promise. It's like no, going forward. No, it's they, like, they, yeah, they're uh, going to have Robbie Anderson asking for 16 or $17 million a year. They're not going to be able to pay him. They've got Le'Veon Bell uh, rumors out there that the Jets uh, have been have been uh, shopping Le'Veon Bell, although the team denies it, but they denied it because nobody wants a $15 <laughs> million a year Running back at that particular position, especially the way he looked last year, even behind that crappy offensive line. But give it up for the Jets fans yeah. showing up. And they just, this is why I'm so high on the Jets because they, I mean, living in New York, the Jets fans, they just can't get, I mean, they had the Sanchez years going to the championship game, mm-hmm. but they just don't get as good a football on the field as they deserve yeah. for as dedicated as they, as they are. Look around, go on your podcatcher, search for NFL podcast, New York Jets, and you're going to find a shit ton of New York Jets. Podcast more so than a lot of other teams with a lot more success. Those team, those those fans are dedicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, the Packers. Does that surprise you? No, no. Also, a lot of, I mean, a, a lot of fans uh, that travel to um, to Green Bay to Lambeau. I mean, that's like, it's the like a mecca. pilgrimage. Yeah, it's like a mecca, basically, for a lot of NFL fans to go to that stadium. Yes. Do you, you know? want to see a crappy old stadium? Go to Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've upgraded. They've eh, upgraded. Eh. Yeah, but it's a large stadium. It's a large stadium. Too. I mean, is, you know, it's is. like, you know, the Jets also play at a very large stadium. So, I mean, this this number is a little skewed by the size of the stadiums as well. No, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, the Giants and the Jets have the biggest. I think the, the MetLife is the biggest stadium in terms of available seating, seating in the league. Next up is the Denver Broncos. Another that also surprised me as well. That was pretty number interesting. Th- number that four. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Denver Broncos. But number- there are also a lot of Denver Broncos fans out here on the West Why, Coast. Though? There are quite a few. Um. Uh, Probably John Elway. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like Miami fans who still follow Miami because of you know the eighties, all the and success 90s that Dan Marino had, yeah, the, <laughs> winning Super Bowls for Miami, and, and you know all the, all, the, all those fans that follow from the eighties and nineties. You know, they're still you know fans. Today yeah, one of your one reason. of your relatives over in Croatia still. Yeah, and he's you know a he Miami was, Dolphin fan. He was born in Italy, but you know just watching games from over there. I mean, Dan Marino was the man. You know, and, and a lot of people followed the guy. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, well, I'm not, I'm, where's uh, Miami and Miami is a little bit lower on the list there, but they also have a much smaller stadium too. But Denver, I think Denver is, that's the same reason Denver still has a lot of fans. Yeah. I think we have to have like a, like a foreign exchange program for fans from, from Europe, from, especially from the UK. Uh, maybe say week, maybe week one through six, you, you agree to 
sponsor a, a potential NFL fan <laughs> from Europe. They come over, they stay in your house, and they watched games with you. And you give them a little bit more background on the teams, and they get to see how team how people approach their teams over here. And then maybe they wouldn't go back there. Browns fans, Jaguar <laughs> fans, Dolphin fans. Maybe we could help them right from the very beginning. Maybe when they're like 13, 14 years old, bring them over here. That way they won't get stuck rooting for a, a, an unsuccessful franchise for the rest of their lives. <laughs> because it seems to be something that happens over there. Uh, uh, number number, f- f- number five, yeah. We got the Giants. That's not shocking. Um, Kansas City. Number six. Also, some very passionate fans. I mean, obviously, Great they've, stadium had, too. they've had success recently. But, uh, you know, before that, though, I'm sure they were, they were still probably top 10. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a good stadium. It's a, it's an, I mean, loud, loud. I think mm-hmm. it's second to Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Next up, the Saints coming in at number seven. What do you think about that? Passionate fans, yeah. I guess. Yeah. They went, they went, they, they refused to watch the Super Bowl because of one play. <laughs> they rioted in the streets. They had a protest in the streets on the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Next one, though, surprises me. Carolina. Well, yeah. What do you think? Uh, that, 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 that one is why? pretty shocking. That was pretty shocking. I, I you know, I, I, a lot of transplants down there. There are. There actually are. I mean, you know, Carolina is that kind of city that you move to because it's too expensive to live anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> but that, 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 it seems like they should be a little lower. They didn't have a lot of success. I mean, they had the, you know, a couple uh, of years did. with Cam where they were, you know, went to Super Bowl one year. Yeah. And they had, a, they had a pretty decent run there for a little bit, but uh, they're still filling up that stadium. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am shocked because yeah. it, it's not a particularly stellar brand of football, especially mm-hmm. last year. And coming in at number nine, Houston. And coming in at number 10, the dirty, dirty down in Atlanta. <laughs> Uh, rounding out the top 10, Houston and Atlanta. Yeah, but in Atlanta that, I'm surprised there's not more Southern teams. I'm not sure what, how Atlanta list. was in their old stadium, in their oh, new that, stadium. I'm oh, sure that. a lot of new, a lot of fans want to go to their new stadium and, and visit. Um, it's a beautiful stadium. They're, it looks the nice. Mercedes, uh, is it Mercedes also? Uh, yeah, I think they have like three stadiums now. Yeah. No, yeah. So I think, well, I mean, um, uh, the Saints have the Mercedes yeah, dome, yeah, and yeah. I think this one's also sponsored by Mercedes as well, I believe. Yeah. 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 Only this one they actually made nice. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> well, they just put their logo on the top of the old dome, and it's still the same old crappy stadium on the inside. Uh, so give Mercedes credit for that. I mean, it's actually pretty cool. They have the, the oh, logo awesome. on the entire outside of the stadium. But if you go into the Superdome, it is not a particularly f- or Superdome. Mm. Is that yeah? What? When the lights go out in the Super Bowl, that's that's not you know. Mm. A rating endorsement for yeah, the stadium. The pumps, that's for sure. The guys out like churning on the the, the electrical <laughs> generators to keep it going. But yeah, we just try to give you a little bit of. Uh, All right, so know, let's see where our teams are, Ben. It looks like. Ooh, uh, I don't even. Oh, Philadelphia. I can't even see my. T- oh, we have a small stadium. Though. Philadelphia, sixty nine thousand seven eighty three. You know, it's a smaller stadium than you know some of the other uh, teams mentioned earlier. Seattle, right below, with sixty eight nine ninety. I think that's just about capacity yeah. for their stadium yeah, 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 as yeah. well. Also, very passionate fans. Um, at least more recently uh and pittsburgh like you said ben it's a small stadium you know you can't fit community 90, feel you can't fit ninety thousand people but i love that pittsburgh stadium yeah it's, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful stadium. stadium yeah and the pittsburgh i mean pittsburgh Steeler fans and then we also travel well so we probably contributed to a lot of these other teams numbers as well yeah and look at last place no surprise los can Andres you even chargers oh my god that's what that is why tom brady is not coming 30, to the chargers thirty one thousand seven fifty. The average attendance is 31,000. The next closest team is Cincinnati at 47,000. But that's 000. also a very small stadium. I'm, I'm surprised it's even 31,750 right there in last place. But those 31,750 are that's all the opposing all the teams. Opposing, yeah. So it's a great stadium. I mean, it, you know, I watched the Eagles play the Chargers there and it is a great atmosphere because you're so close to the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was great. Yeah. I'm surprised that uh, at number 29, Chargers. That shocked me. 
Because that 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 that's not their reputation, right? That they their reputation is that they show up to games, but clearly, yeah, I wonder if that's it, a huge stadium. If they were in San Diego, I'm sure they'd be a little bit higher because that that stadium held about around sixty thousand. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in Qualcomm or whatever it was. All right, next up. No, oh wow, this is an interesting little tidbit. <laughs> Colts general manager Chris Ballard allegedly interested in Philip Rivers, along with the Washington Redskins, who are also willing to make a bid for Philip Rivers. But for Colts GM Chris Ballard to come right out and say it, Franny, what say you about the Colts see, I could see, interested in Tom Brady and Philip Rivers? I don't see Tom Brady going over there. And tennis balls for the Walkers. But for Rivers, I could see him going to the Colts and finding, oh, finding some I'd success. I'd rather have Brissett. Mm, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rivers is not very good. Oh, he's not bad. But he's not. Thirty million dollars for a, on a two year deal. I might give him one. I I would probably give him a year. You know, depending on the contract that he wants to sign, I would like to see what Philip Rivers could do on another team, on a different team. Dang gummit! Yeah. <laughs> and, and and oh sugar, that was an interception. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> that's exactly how he talks. But uh, no, I I would like to see him go to the Colts. Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing Philip Rivers playing for the Colts at least for one season. To see what he could do over there, because they do have a good team. They do they have Frank Reich as their coach. I think he could find some success over there. I think he could do, uh, but I just, I just, it seems like a strange move for the Colts to make. Uh, I think they need a long-term solution at quarterback. But, I don't know. It's kind mean, of like a bookmark sort of guy, you know. I mean, until, like, because they're going to have to draft somebody. Yeah, because they're not paying Brissett a ton of money either. It's a fourteen, fifteen million. They got a four-year year. deal last year. Did they extend? I, I thought it was, or a was two year. It two year. Yeah, two year. Two year. Like two fourteen year, or fifteen million. Yeah, yeah. Two something year, like, like that. Because I remember dollars. you saying that it was an excellent yeah, deal. It was an excellent deal for them. Yeah. For them at that at that point, and and he did play you know fairly well for some of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I would like to see Philip Rivers go over there. Do you like Philip Rivers? You sound no, like no, you no, like Philip Rivers. I, I can't. I don't know how somebody could throw the ball with that sort of release. I have no idea how he gets the ball off. But um, and he can't move at all. I yeah. mean, he literally can't. Well, Brissett is is not the most mobile guy either. Yeah, but at least he's got a rocket for an arm. Yeah, but he's he's he's. Yeah. I mean, they're they're almost they're very similar. I mean, yeah. you know, a younger Philip Rivers would be better than Brissett at his age right now. But I think, it, it, I I I'd like to see him there. It would be interesting to see yeah. what he could do for a year. What about the Redskins interested in uh, Philip Rivers? What do you think? I mean, with Dwayne Haskins, I mean, what what's the deal there? Yeah. I mean, why? Yeah. I mean, Dwayne Haskins didn't play terrible. I yeah. mean, they have a terrible uh, team. I mean, you know, the offensive he, line, you know, they let what's his name go. I mean, the, the, the team uh, was midway through the season. They were expected to tank this year, which they did. I mean, you're, you're throwing a rookie quarterback into a terrible situation. You know, Dwayne Haskins couldn't do much. I mean, he's taking selfies on the sideline after winning like one game. He throws and they, for, like and they sent their offensive lineman packing 150 yards or something a game. And and I would like to see what he can do. I don't think he's gonna be a, a great quarterback in the league. Um, but I, I think Philip Rivers, if he went to the Colts. They'd be a lot better off than if he went to the Redskins, right now, because the uh, Redskins just they're. Oh, you mean team. the team itself? They're just the team, like just in general. I think um, they would actually have a chance of making the playoffs if if Philip Rivers went to the Colts. Yeah, they had if a chance Rivers, this year. Yeah, if, if if Rivers went to the Redskins, I, I they wouldn't make the playoffs. No, he would just be going for the money. Yeah, and I just don't see him doing that. He, he's made a shit ton of money over the years. I mean, Dan Snyder will pay just about any amount of money you lot. ask for. I mean, for. he has a lot of kids to take care of, a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, but eight kids, he's making what? We made 28, 27 in there for, for this last contract. Yeah, some of them are getting to driving age now. I mean, they're going to need a new car, you know, like they're like I'm Lamborghinis sure, like, across 15, the board. 
15, 16 years old. He's like, Dad, I need a new car. You know, he's going to get like some, you know, like jalopy yeah, or whatever. It's like, like, it's like Porsche McLaren, <laughs> you know, Lamborghini, Porsche McLaren, Lamborghini. And then you get two more. You get like uh, an old caddy. That fits his personality. He lives down in, you know, Louisiana or Alabama, somewhere down there. Does he? Uh, I think it's his home. I think oh, he's okay. moving to Florida, but I think his home is like Alabama. Because he sold his place in Louisiana. San Diego, right? Yeah. He sold his place in San Diego. I mean, Sandy, I don't know why he would sell his place in San Diego. San Diego's a nice a nice little town. I don't think he's ever coming back to San Diego. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the fans want him back there. <laughs> why not? They've had, uh, they've had more success under Philip Rivers than anybody else, which is not saying much because they've never that's had true. a ton of success. Well, no, but, I mean, Dan Fouts had a, a really great career down there. Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. It was. So it doesn't matter. That was it doesn't set. matter. That was, he, he was wearing the leather a, helmets. Dan Fouts and Kellen <laughs> Winslow did not wear leather helmets. And they had a really good team. Yeah, uh, right. they had a, yeah. Dan Fouts is better than Philip Rivers. Oh, okay. Listen to me now and believe me later. Uh, next up, still no collective bargaining agreement. Franny, what say you? I mean, it's an interesting uh, situation. You have yeah. Marquise Pouncey screaming in his car how terrible it is. You got J.J. Watt screaming how terrible it is. You got I just, I mean, Richard these, Sherman screaming about play. how terrible they it is. They don't want to play 17 games. A lot of these guys don't want to play 17 games. And I, I don't blame them. We talked about it at length the last couple of episodes. It's, I mean, it comes down to the health of the players in the long term. Yeah, and they want to shrink the number of uh, padded practices. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the, the divide and conquer... Strategy by the owners, I think, might work. I think because what they're offering in the most recent deal is a one hundred thousand or twenty five or twenty percent increase in salary for the majority of the players who are playing on a league minimum at five hundred thousand dollars. They're offering a hundred thousand dollars more in the first year, eighty thousand more the second year, and forty five thousand dollars more every year after that until the CBA expires. Yeah, and I think this sort of they're trying to pit. The majority of the players who make those those lower smaller, salaries yeah. against, against these guys, because I don't believe for one second. I mean, I know he's a stealer, but I don't believe for one second that Marquis Pouncey's you know motivation is to is to save the younger players that are coming behind him <laughs> or Richard Sherman. Although he may Richard Sherman might Richard think Sherman, that's what he's doing. Yeah, uh, but a lot. But JJ, I just don't believe it. Uh, the, the your enemy, if you're a, if you're a the of the forty guys on the team that are making no money. Your enemy really isn't the ownership. You go to the XFL. Your enemy is the players that are making $40 million a year. I mean, if you work in a union job at a supermarket or in a coal mine, there isn't a coal miner that makes <laughs> 40 times the amount that the next lower coal mine, that the lowest paid coal miner makes. So that's where the money is going. The money is going to Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott and the rest of these guys that are making most of the money. And I think this divide and conquer strategy, I think, might work because it's a. I mean, think about it. You're making five hundred grand. You might play. Yeah, but then you're gonna make what six hundred grand. You might play one or two years for them. You know, an extra hundred grand. Yeah, but I mean, you you blow your knee out, and then you're paying for surgery. I mean, especially if you don't have you know any health insurance afterward. I mean, so an extra hundred thousand dollars, you go to the hospital and you're in the emergency room for like two days, and it's like sixty thousand dollars or something. You know, so I mean. I don't think that is. It's not that much money, really. If 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 it's if you're talking about your health. Well, but the the health insurance is still going to be included, and in, you know the the but teams. But for how still, long? I mean, if they were smart, they'd negotiate it out for for several years. Well, but as it's a way not, of getting them to sign this deal. I don't think they are, though. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think they're. Uh, I'd have to look at that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we, we would have to take a look at that. But I mean, their health insurance wouldn't be extended much longer beyond their career. I think it's only a few years, really, that they're covered under that, and then after that. 
you know, you take a couple of headshots, you know, you have concussions, you have, you know, brain injuries, this and that. I mean, you're going to have health issues for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good strategy. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. Um, because if you, if you told me tomorrow I could get a 20% raise and I'm making, you know, and my boss is making 50 times what I'm making, <laughs> 60 times what I'm making, I might say, you know, screw you. I need to make six. I, I might only play for two years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this extra money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's a pretty, pretty good strategy. And Ben's I'm, on board. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I like the divide and conquer strategy because it's sign not, it. It's not this union is not like your typical union where you're negotiating. The manager makes eighty thousand dollars and the workers make sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. This is where the workers make sixty thousand dollars and the manager makes two million dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's not your typical type of negotiation. Another thing that they were talking about, I think, in the uh, was raising it to forty eight or forty eight and a half. Uh, percent, which yeah. I think we talked about this last year, the average business in the United States, about 20 to 25 percent of their of their gross revenues go to payroll. Uh, so the players are already getting about double what a typical business would spend on their payroll. So I think the play, even though the players, I think we talked about it last week, obviously the XFL, nobody wants to watch the XFL compared to the NFL. So the players are the value, but 50 percent is a pretty good number. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and over the long term, yeah, that's, that's, you know, 400, 500 million dollars. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a, quite a good chunk of change, but. But the players have a little leverage. I mean, apparently, you know, the, the, the TV contracts are up for negotiation. And if there is a strike and they do play with the replacement players, the, the, the numbers will be down. Viewership will be down. And then they'll be negotiating next year on the, the TV deal based on lower numbers. So that mm-hmm. works against the owners, I think. As well, and if they if they strike the XFL season season two, will start a little bit sooner. Yeah, they'll just they'll, they'll probably stretch it out. <laughs> they'll, they'll be they'll like, be like right, it's September. We, we had our final game in April, but uh, the NFL is striking. Let's start. Let's start in uh, September. Yeah, once XFL again. season two, September first, <laughs> coming live. <laughs> and, let's and there would get be ready to football, <laughs> and there would be players that would play. Oh hell from yeah, from the NFL that would play. Oh, maybe, maybe. I yeah. mean, if those five hundred thousand dollars guys, be excellent for the XFL. That That'd be great for the XFL if that happened. Yeah, we'll I mean, jump right on top of oh, that. Oh, that would be well. No, we want the NFL. To no, come of course back. we want the NFL. But I'm just saying, as a as a, as a business move, yeah. for the XFL, they would love it. Oh my god, yeah. So hopefully we can get this the deal. AAF might come back. <laughs> AAF be the, uh, the what it would be the uh, National Association of Football. It'd be the NAF. The NAF will be next. Uh, but uh, yeah, just you know, let's hope the CBA gets done so we can mm-hmm. put this behind us and we'll know what's going to happen in the upcoming season. But next up, and here comes Antonio Brown. Should I start pouring? Oh, uh, Antonio Brown, everyone's favorite malcontent, fresh off no one wanting to talk to him at the combine this week. Uh-huh. A hearing has been scheduled for May on AB's grievance against the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. According to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, I'll just give it. I'll Brown is trying shot right now. Listen to this. Brown is trying to recoup lost wages following his release from the Raiders. He was originally due thirty million dollars in guarantees, but the Raiders voided those after numerous fines, off the field incidents, and an altercation with the general manager. Brown has also filed grievances against the Patriots. I mean, I, apparently he wants to play with Tom Brady, but he doesn't want to drop his grievance. That has yet to be given a date, but given that he is currently facing both criminal charges for burglary, felony battery stemming from an incident at his Florida home in January, and an ongoing league investigation for sexual misconduct. I Uh, wish my jury trial, my jury duty was this interesting. 
Brown's short-term and possibly long-term future will be played out in courtrooms and hearing rooms rather than on a football field. Franny, yeah. what say you, no, what do you for say? the scumbag? What? Oh, there you There it is. There, there you is. What did, there he, it is, what did he play? He played two games for the Raiders? He One game, two anything. games? He didn't play any he games? He didn't play any games. Remember, this was before the was season it, even began. When did, he, when did he fry his feet? Was that with the I, Raiders? That was in the offseason, yeah. When he went to the, <laughs> the cryogenic whatever, I don't know what the heck it was, in France somewhere where he froze his feet, looked like a white walker. So he freezes his feet, he gets in a fight with the GM, he doesn't play a game, and he demands $30 million. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. He's a, yeah. a douchebag. Yeah, he is, he is, he is a douchebag. Uh, but at least this, this grievance will be fun because it'll be, I don't know what the exact date is for the grievance, but at least they will deny the grievance and put a put this to bed, at least this one piece of it to bed, and we get one step closer to Antonio Brown in the XFL. All of this stuff brings him one step closer to the XFL. I don't think that's going to playing happen. for seventy five thousand dollars a year, which is exactly well to play, what he deserves to, to pay his legal fees. He might have to actually, yeah. you know, if seventy five thousand dollars paying his lawyer off for uh, you know the felony battery and and the sexual misconduct and all that. I, yeah, he, he might have to, and, that, and and I would. I would love to watch the guy play in the XFL. Oh, but but, but look at that. He might I mean, make these QBs look a little more competent. I mean, criminal charges for burglary, felony battery, uh, sexual misconduct, sexual assault. <laughs> I mean, it's and he's it's and he ongoing. thinks that he needs to get paid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't think so, buddy. Yeah, I'm he's, sorry. He's giving it a shot. Scumbag. That's right. right. That's right, Ben. I, I don't. I'm. I'm just going to take a shot right here. I haven't really said anything negative. Well, about you did that. say Dak Prescott doesn't deserve thirty three million dollars a year. No, I well, I did say. Of course, he doesn't deserve thirty three million dollars a year. I mean, he deserves probably 27, and I've mentioned that multiple times. I think he's good enough to make 27 million a year, but 30, 33 is is that's like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, um, Ben Roethlisberger yeah, yeah, type yeah. money. Uh, Carson Wentz makes around, you know, he'll make around uh, low or uh, I'd say about 27, 28, yeah. right for, sort of, through the life of his contract. And is he better than Wentz? Has he accomplished more than Wentz? He's nope. he's been healthier nope. than Wentz. Nope, and nope. But yeah, but. You know what? He doesn't deserve it. He's definitely he, better he, than he's better than Kirk Cousins, though. I would I would love to see him turn down, you know, the 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 franchise tag and and and, and see, sit out for a year and and sit out for the year and see how interested teams are in in this guy. I mean, because I mean, it would just be crickets. Nobody wants this guy, uh, except for the Cowboys, I guess. Yeah, but, and they're yeah. pissed off. Here we go. Cheers, Let's ben. take the shot. Uh, yeah, that's disgusting. It's not that bad. Ugh, it's it, almost like candy. It tastes like a candied apple that you left in the sun outside for a couple days. In Jim Beam. Yeah, like <laughs> like sitting in a in a vat of really average bourbon. And and Ben, thank you for that barrel top. Oh, from, from Jim Beam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For those of us that uh, maybe they were you, soaking this stuff in it. Yeah, they might yeah, have. Maybe. For those of you that were not here last week, I got Franny a official actual used barrel top, charred barrel top from a from an aging barrel down at Jim Beam mm-hmm. Distillery, and I smells delicious. And he liked it. I, I smell. I think smells great. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, next up, this made me really, really, really sad. Buffalo was voted the worst city to travel to by NFL players. That's why I'm wearing my University at Buffalo sweatshirt tonight. Why are you shocked? Why are you? Oh shocked my God! By this? From WKPW in Buffalo, New York. We know that winters in Western New York can make it difficult for travel, and NFL players from visiting cities and and NFL players from visiting cities feel the same way. An anonymous NFL player poll from sh- subscription based The Athletic says Buffalo is the worst city for travel. In a survey of thir- in a city survey of thirty two NFL players, 
NF, 10 of them, 31.25% said that Buffalo is the worst city for travel and the worst city, you know, in other words, restaurants, bars, well, well, the nightlife. Stadium, the stadium itself is not that great. No. And other cities receiving votes were Green Bay, Cincinnati, and Oakland. Yeah. Oh, but <laughs> Buffalo? Why? I mean, Buffalo is way I more mean, interesting than fucking Green Bay. I've, Green Bay can't be that I'll interesting say, of a place to go. Yeah, but I, I'd say their, sta- their stadium is nicer. Yeah, but to travel to and eat and go out and drive around and see the sights. I've never Buffalo, been to Buffalo. I lived I've in never, Buffalo. I know it's. Got, have you been to Green Bay though? But like, you like, might like, like Green there's Bay. There's like fifty thousand people living there or something, or eighty thousand. <laughs> it's I think it's like one hundred fifty-five thousand or something. So like it's even half the size of Buffalo. <laughs> it's like a third of this, or it's uh, Buffalo's like three hundred and sixty, three hundred seventy thousand people, and then you have the surrounding area. I yeah. mean, how could Buffalo be worse than Green Bay? I think you have a biased opinion on this, Ben. Well, Buffalo is a fun city. It's a good you have city. Buffalo plastered yes. across your your chest on your sweater right there. It's so a you're a little solid. Biased. It's a solid town. Stop giving them so much shit. Yeah, but even what, even in in um in all or nothing, like that that game where they went to Buffalo, that was like a depressing part of the season because I mean the weather was terrible. There was high winds. It was a boring game. Like the stadium was just terrible. I mean I I understand it. I get it. You get why people don't like it. Yeah. But I, I, it, it just it it just breaks my heart to hear you say that. Oh, I've never been. I've never been, but uh it's not that bad. Okay. All I, right. I, I wouldn't really care to go to Cincinnati either. Yeah, Cincinnati's worse than Buffalo. Yeah. And Skyline Chili is not very good. Yeah. Just FYI, <laughs> folks out there. Uh next up, uh as many of you who have been listening to the show for for several weeks know, we've been going through some of the NFL 100 all-time 100 players of all time by position. So far, we've done the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. We're moving on to the running backs this week. So the according to the NFL Brain Trust, uh, the all-time best running backs are Jim Brown, Earl Campbell, Earl Dutch Clark, Eric Dickerson, Lenny Moore, Marion Motley, 1946 to 1955, Walter Payton, no-brainer, Barry Sanders, no-brainer, Gail Sayers, 1965 to 1971. OJ Simpson, 1969 to 1979. Emmett Smith, ugh. 1990 to 2004. How could you say, ugh? ugh. He had a great offensive line. Well, yeah, but he took advantage of it. He did. He there, are, did. there are players that can't take advantage of their uh, offensive line. Look at him backing up Emmett Smith. I, I am. I, see, I'll give credit where credit is due. And Steve Van Buren from 1944 to 1951. What do you think about that list? It's better than the wide receiver list. It's better than the QB list, I would say. I mean, you know, you, I mean, are you really, were you rooting for Earl Dutch? Oh, Clark, man. 1931 I watched, to 1938. I watched all of his games. I mean, he looks, he was, I mean, he's wearing a, he's wearing a, a thermal. Oh, who would he's you wearing add? a thermal and a leather helmet. <laughs> who would you add to that list, Ben? I would add, I would probably add Thurman Thomas. Thurman I would Thomas, probably that's a good one. add that's a good Jerome one. Bettis to that list. Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, John like, Riggins. I, liked, I really liked. Uh, the bus, but uh, I don't. I don't know if, if he deserves to be on the list. Great team. I mean, great. I mean, great seasons with the Rams. Great seasons with the Steelers. John Riggins from the Washington Redskins. I think he has three Super Bowl titles. I believe. I don't think so. Two. I don't know. I. I, I don't know. He's got a couple. He's got a couple. Curtis Martin of the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Ladanian Tomlinson. As much as I don't like him, you know, as a commentator, yeah, he's not that great. But yeah, I, he he. There's an argument to be made about for uh, for Ladanian and Marcus Allen, perhaps. Actually, yes, yeah. I more I than to more than Earl. Strain my than, memory banks for more those. than Earl Dutch Clark. That's for sure. 
And uh, I don't even—I've never even heard of Marion Motley. I've, I have no. I've Steve Van, Van Buren, of course. I've heard of him, yeah, of course. But uh, Marion Motley—I've never heard of that guy in my life until just now. Well, but he played from 1946 <laughs> to 1955. Yeah, he he started playing the year my dad was born. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Earl Campbell definitely, Jim Brown definitely, Dickerson. Yeah, his career was long enough. Well, I think uh, Eric Dickerson. Gail Sayers, I think, is sentimental because as good as he was, he did only play for five years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as I know that Gail Sayers was was his career was cut short. It wasn't within his control, but he did only play for six years. Uh, and Steve Ben Buren, I've heard the name, but I mean, I, I, as Franny said last yeah. week, these guys can't compete on the same level that modern players can compete. I think Walter Payton, obviously, a no brainer, but I would have liked to have seen. Thurman Thomas, John Riggins, well, maybe, and Ladanian Tomlinson on that list. Adrian Peterson. You I thought think, about adding him yeah. to the snubs. Yeah. I thought about adding him to the snubs. But uh, I, 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 actually, I have no argument against it. Mm-hmm. More, more so than these other guys. I mean, Earl Dutch Clark. I mean, you, you, you throw in... Adrian Peterson. I think Adrian Peterson has had. I mean, he was MVP. I mean, look at Steve Van Buren. He, 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 he was MVP one year, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, I, he was when he first broke into the league. It was. Yeah. I mean, his running. Style, nobody had seen anything like it. Running style, and, and I love why, an aggressive runner. I mean, yeah. that's why I love the bus. I mean, just. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was trying to tackle good. me, buddy. Yeah. All right. Next up, another bit of interesting news for Franny. One of your all-time favorite cowboy players, Des. Bryant hasn't played a single down in the NFL for two seasons, but it looks like he might be ready to make a comeback. And former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver was spotted running routes for for the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback and Super Bowl 54 MVP Patrick Mahomes on Friday. And Jerry Jones says he's open to bringing him back. What say you about Bryant dropping the ball in the end zone on a playoff game? Yeah, coming that, back. that was not a catch. That was not a catch to all Cowboys fans out there. That was not a catch. Oh, they swear by it to yeah, this day. No, it was not a catch. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much he has left in the tank. I mean, how old is he now? He's like at he's least 30, 37, 30, 30, I think. 30. Is he that old? Jeez, I, yeah. I feel like he must be. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not I a young be guy. Wrong. He's not a young guy, that's for sure. Um, but if, 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 if he can make it work anywhere... Man, he he could he could play for Kansas City if they want to sign the guy. But what do you, I mean? But what do you, with I mean, the Cowboys, do you think they know. should bring him back? Uh, I don't know how much he's asking for. You know, I don't, I don't know what kind of contract he wants. You know, uh, if, if, if it's for you know a small amount of money, then you know why not give him a shot and, and see how it works out. You know, I, I just don't. I, I think he's the type of guy that will have some flashes of brilliance, but he's in the long term he'll probably get injured. You know, midway through the season. Oh, he was born in '88, mm-hmm. so he's only 32. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ben? Ooh, I thought he was much older than that. Yeah. I would definitely, if he's healthy. I mean, didn't he come back for the Saints and got hurt before he played a game? I think. I, I think, I think that, he signed with the Saints and then got maybe, hurt before he even maybe. took the field. I think it was last year or the year before. I would bring him back. Mm. If I were the Cowboys, I would let Amari Cooper go off and let some fool pay him $18 million a year to be on the bench during a playoff game <laughs> and bring in someone like Des Bryant because as much as you say what you will about him, he played hard. He he was really great at bringing down the contested ball. I mean, he wasn't the fastest guy, but he could bring but down the contested ball and he played physical. Sort of a headache, though, 
in he's a headache room. but I, will he be at his at his age uh, now? i don't know if he's changed i mean he's he's 32 years old i mean let's make sure that uh yeah he was born in 19 yeah, 31 31 He'll be 32 this year yeah he's only 31 years old yeah uh i think you'd be crazy not to bring him back wow if you're the cowboys if you're any other team if you're the steelers <laughs> for example and you need a wide receiver uh why did he retire the first time injuries uh yeah I don't I don't remember I I just think he wasn't performing to the levels that they expected. Interesting. Know? I mean he had a couple really great years there. Interesting. Okay. I think he just won a larger contract and they nobody really signed him. Interesting. Yeah. If yeah. I were the Cowboys, typical wide receiver stuff. Yeah. If I were yeah. the Cowboys, I would probably bring him back. Mm-hmm. All right. Friday, next up we have a little bit of tag. Wait, what's next? Actually, do we have a feel good story. Feel good story, Ben. We have a, we have we had some coaching changes to go through, but we're running a little bit long. So we will definitely go through our feel good story. Uh every week we do try, or I try, to bring you a story that, you know, balances out the Antonio Brown, the the Des Bryant, the uh what was his name for the the Cowboys? The name is escaping me, the wide receiver. For the Des championship, Bryant? no, for uh, the Troy Aikman and uh, the wide receiver that played with Jason Witten when they won the championships. He's on ESPN. Wait, 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 what? Wide receiver for the Cowboys. Uh huh. Got caught with the crack. Oh, Michael Irving. Michael Michael Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Try to balance out the Michael Irvins, the Antonio Browns, the 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 Des Bryant's, the Odell Beckham Juniors, with something that is good news. And that is our feel-good story lead-in. So we have a little bit of interesting and fun and feel-good news out of Boston. The Joe Andruzzi Foundation, created by former New England Patriots three times. Everyone that played for the Patriots is a three-time Super Bowl winning offensive guard. And his wife, Jen Andruzzi, CEO and president of the organization, surpassed $7 million dollars in donations list this month for the Joe Andruzzi Foundation. The donations go to families struggling with cancer and the accompanying expense, often unanticipated expense. Andruzzi had his own battle with cancer in 2007 when he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's Burkitt's lymphoma, which ended his football career, but later served as motivation to launch the foundation. This is really interesting stuff. Uh, tags are, uh, so he's been able to, over the course of many, many years now, uh, gather money for this foundation, which is donated to individual families that are in need, that are struggling with the associated, with cancer treatment and the associated costs, uh, drugs, places to live, places to stay, all of that kind of thing. He really helps the families out. There were a really, you know, a couple people that, that were in the story that were extraordinarily grateful to some of the things that the Andrewsy foundation was able to do so Franny, what say you about joe andrews and his wife really really doing good stuff that's oh, excellent work i mean what do you want to say ben I, I know, always, they, you always throw it at me like what do you i think? hate it and, <laughs> no that's awesome that's awesome that's great news but there are a lot of players out there that that, that live their very egocentric self-centered mm-hmm. lifestyles mm-hmm. and uh you know i just think it's it's a it's good to to highlight folks that you know, ended his career. He could have been pissed off about it. He could have, you know, got his his own life. His his cancer was cured, or he's uh, at least cured for the time being. 
He could have sulked or went off to do his own thing, but instead he decided to give mm-hmm. back. So thank you, Joe and Great news, Ben. Great news. I love these feel-good stories. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have some shout-outs. Oh, tag team news. Uh, first we have the shout outs. <laughs> first we have the shout outs <laughs> to our fellow podcasters out <laughs> Fuck there. You, I will tell you what's on the agenda. God damn it. You wrote it, Ben. You wrote it again last week. Did the, the same thing happen last week? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll be right back with our shout outs to fellow podcasters. All right, Ben. And we are back and, uh, we're going to make some shout outs to uh, some of our fellow podcasters out there, some promos. And I they're, do. They're, they're playing our promos as well. Yeah. So we are, we are trying and succeeding at bringing you uh, information regarding fellow independent NFL podcasters, and they are doing the same for us. Uh, you have your Pick Six podcast. You have the Around the NFL podcast. You have your Ringer. You have your Monday Morning Quarterback. You have your uh, Move the Sticks. You have all those well known NFL podcasters or podcast, but there are a lot of folks out there that are doing this for the love of the sport. I mean, for example, we are, we record this podcast every single week outside. We have a little fire burning in the black background. We have a, a beautiful sort of canopy above us, <laughs> but we could be recording it inside, but we record it outside because that's where football should be played. Uh, so we want you guys to support as many of these independent NFL podcasts as you can. And we like all of these shows. Uh, so we'll bring you a couple promos tonight. We have one from uh, the Third Down Squad and one from the New York Jets Fans Podcast. So hold tight and we'll play the first promo and then we'll play one more after that. Hello, NFL fans. Welcome to the Third Down Squad Podcast, your international news podcast for the National Football League. We satisfy your need for NFL news all year round with our weekly news coverage, as well as predictions, draft analysis, gambling, and lots of other content, sharing our laughs and thoughts with you. Come join the squad by listening on Spotify, CastBox FM, or Google Podcast. And if the sound of our voices does not satisfy you enough already, head over to YouTube and watch the whole show as a video version. To get even more exclusive content, make sure to follow us on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. So let's get you ready for a new set of downs on Sunday. All right, folks, that is the third Down Squad podcast hosted by Derek, Josh, and Tobias from the Down Under. This is everything and all the, things. From the where, Ben? The Down Under. That's that's <laughs> All things NFL. That's terrible. I mean, as they said, it's all things NFL, all things gambling on the NFL, NFL draft, NFL combine, NFL season. These guys are freaking awesome. Uh, you can find them on their YouTube channel. Look for a link in the show notes directly to their YouTube channel. And you can find them on all the major podcatchers, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, all of those. Uh, and you can find them on Twitter as well. Look for a link in the show notes. It's at T3DS underscore NFL. And we'll be right back with one more from one of my favorite podcasts. Check out NY Jets Fans Podcast for all your weekly Jets and NFL news, game previews, and reviews for all Jets games. Join hosts Davin, Sharman, and Chris weekly for all things Jets, NFL, and some laughs also. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts. NY Jets Fans Podcast, where Jets and NFL fans come for all things football. All right, folks, that is the New York Jets Fans Podcast. This is an awesome, awesome show. 
hosts Davin, Chris, and Charmin talk about all the updates to the New York Jets as well as all the NFL news in general. These guys are knowledgeable. Don't doubt it for a second. These guys are knowledgeable, fun, and they don't hold back their opinions even through a tough year for the New York Jets Every like they had this year. past year. You can find them at app on an on or at Apple Podcast. Look for a link in the show notes or on Twitter at Jets Fans Podcast. These guys are awesome, and their analysis is awesome. All right, funny. What's next? And number two in average attendance too. Yeah, and number Jets. two. I mean, this, this just <laughs> goes sure, to I'm show. I'm sure they are the ones going to the game. I games. mean, these guys. They're put, the passionate guys yeah. going out there and watching their team fail. Every year, I mean, they, <laughs> they said that they said that I'm Sam sorry. Darnold is 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 a more well-rounded quarterback. Sorry, Charmin, the more well-rounded quarterback than than Joe Burrow out of LSU. Maybe, maybe. Which is I thought was an interesting I mean, we, take. We, we don't know. I mean, Joe Burrow, we have no idea what to expect from the guy once he enters the NFL. Obviously, he's going to be the number one pick overall. It seems like he's the number one guy, but it really depends on where you go. I mean, if you're going to Cincinnati. Not not too many quarterbacks uh, succeed. find succeed find success over there. Yeah, but if he's a system quarterback, he needs the right system, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure that that system exists. Yeah. He might want to. Andy Dalton is a is a system quarterback, and it has not worked out for him. Yeah, or or uh, Carson Palmer. Yeah, because he had yeah. more success in. Well, he had some pretty good success in. A well, bit in, in, in Cincinnati. In, 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 well, he did, but I mean, in Arizona, he played well too. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they should have been better. Yeah, he should have been better. I mean, the we team did, should have been better. We did take him out yeah. in a playoff. Game. Well, you know, so, dirty team. You know, we were the <laughs> Jadavion Clowney of that of that season. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, Eagles news for myself, Seahawks news for Sonya, who is not on the podcast tonight, and we have Steelers news for Ben. And I had to lead with this for Friday. All right. Jadavion Clowney. According to a report by Matt Miller, a Bleacher Report, Clowney is seeking a market-setting contract for Ed Rush Edge Rushers at his, at, as his current contract expires and he gets set to hit free agency. Clowney may seek as much, listen to this, nope, as much as 23 to $25 million per year this offseason. Clowney spent the 2019 season with the Seahawks after being traded by the Houston Texans, who were unable to come up with an agreement with Clowney. Clowney, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year in 2012, came to the NFL with the Texans' number one overall pick in the 2014 draft for on a 23 to $25 million for a guy who can't sack the quarterback. And I know he's, he's rumored, you know, to be uh, possibly, you know, going to the Eagles. I mean, they had that but thing. $25 that's million? That's a lot of money. I mean, if he's looking for that much money. I mean, for a guy Eagles, who gets injured, for a guy who doesn't sack the, the Eagles, quarterback. I mean, even the Seahawks. I mean, I don't know, the Seahawks wouldn't even play, pay the guy that much money. I don't know. I don't know which Nobody would pay an, an edge rusher who can't, who can't rush the, who can't but even, even sack if it's the like quarterback even, that much. Just under $20 million, Like, if it's $19 million, I don't think anybody's going to pick this guy. I mean, for, Frank, what is Frank Clark got $19, 21000000 million yeah. from the Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he played well, but he they, uh, they could have lived without him. Yep, yep. I mean, twenty three million. But I mean, unless he just takes out the opposing team's quarterback <laughs> every single week, and or at least in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I watched that uh, tape again. What I was preparing for this episode, it was you know, it, it was not the best hit. It was. Well, I watched it because I wanted to see would Carson Wentz have still gotten hurt 
regardless of Clowney's contact, and he wouldn't have because his head would have been above the turf. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's already giving himself up in that play. I mean, I know this is ob- this is going off topic, really, um, but you know, he, he's he's basically diving forward and trying to pick up you know an extra yard or two. I mean, the play is completely done. I mean, they're gonna. It wasn't a sack, but you pick up one or two yards, a big deal. Um, you know, the the the, the play. I think it was supposed to be a handoff or something to the running back, and yeah. just sort of didn't happen. Um, and but he's going to the turf. I mean. Jadavion Clowney is what six two, six three or something. You know, at least, yeah. And and why are you diving at the ground, helmet first, into the opposing quarterback's helmet? I mean, that, that, I I have no idea how this guy was not fined by the NFL, and and they kind of just brushed it under the rug, like you know, like it didn't even happen. And it, yeah, yeah. I'm also biased. I'm an Eagles fan, so you know. Yeah, but I watched it, and I think that if he hadn't come down with his helmeted shoulder the way he did, oh, Wentz would have been able to keep his head above the turf. Yeah, if he just jumped and him, played you know? another down. But he, you know, he his helmet struck Carson's helmet, which forced his forced head his into, the into the turf. Yeah, yeah, so. As I watched it a few times, it's like, like, did this really cause the injury, or was he going to slam his head into the turf? No, anyway, no. And I don't. It was because I don't of, believe it was that because of Jadavion that that he. he, he was taken out of that game. I agree. He took himself pretty much out of the game because he just couldn't. He didn't, he didn't even remember yeah. that play. That's so. too bad. That's too bad. Uh, next up, Steelers hire Ike Hilliard. I like this hire. This is a former Steelers wide receiver. The Steelers have named nine-year NFL coaching veteran Ike Hilliard to their new wide receivers coach position. This was announced this past Tuesday morning by Brooke Pryor of ESPN Reports. Hilliard replaces interim wide receivers coach Ray Sherman. We didn't even have a wide receivers coach who can, and it would showed last season who came out of retirement. <laughs> we have a quarterback anyway. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, Devlin, Devlin Hodges. Yeah. Out of retirement to replace Daryl Drake after Drake's death during last season's training camp. I mean, that was pretty, that was obviously sad. Uh, Hilliard previously worked as a Washington Redskins wide receivers coach from 2014 to 2019. His second stint in the role after holding the position in 2012. And in 2019, the, I, I know they lost a lot of games. But the Washington Redskins, I think they had three receivers in the top ten in terms of yards, uh, completion percentage. But the the Redskins wide receivers, at least, played really well last year. So I like this hire. I like bringing back not just a, someone who played for the team, but someone who knows what the fuck he's doing. Ronnie, and he had thoughts on Ike Hilliard. Not really, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's a good coach. Uh, but well, it's good or to a have good, uh, good hire. Yeah, I, I I think it's good to have uh, a wide receivers coach in general. Just you know, to do whatever you know the coaches do. Yeah, yeah. I mean last year, I mean last week we talked about bringing back uh, Darren Sproles and Brent Sell no, into I the loved. fold, yeah, and, and, and which, uh, which is great. I mean, you keep it sort of in the family, you know. I mean, that's what I like. Yeah. I mean, especially when they know what they're doing. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. you guys are still looking to hire Heinz Ward, potentially. Allegedly. I wouldn't mind, mind that. A guy with a ton of experience, and he seems just like a piece. He's a good guy. He's a good dude. He's definitely. I mean, and he plays hard, and he knows how to coach people mm-hmm. to play hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few sirens in the background here. We record this outside, folks. Next up, good news, bad news. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has taken oh. a big step forward in his rehab I saw from video. right em- elbow surgery. Joe Rudder of the Pittsburgh Tribune reported. Oh, oh he's, my he's, he's God. got a big. Did you, did you watch the video? I did. Yeah, he's, I got, did. he's got a big belly. The Pittsburgh Steelers posted a five. Five seconds was too long, by the way. Should have cut that down to about two and a half seconds. Five second video clip he's on the website a bit of Saturday, Saturday that shows quarterback Ben Roethlisberger throwing. Well, I, think, I guess it. I guess he was tossing it. Yeah, he's pounding beers. When tossing he's not throwing. a football. It's the first time Roethlisberger has thrown since September 
when he left at halftime of the Steelers' home opener against the Seattle Seahawks because of pain in his throwing arm. But he he yeah. looked like he was ready, like he was ready for an episode of Building Alaska yeah, I mean, he, or he Alaska looks, State Troopers. Yeah, exactly. So, or like exactly. where you roll up on the porch and the guy's got like a, all the beer cans. And he's beating up his, he's beating somebody up in his house, and they're having it, like a. It looks like he's at like his kids' pee wee practice or something. He's just throwing the ball around with some of the other guys there, the other fathers over there. Um, but yeah, he 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 uh, definitely. It his, was bad. His stomach. It, was, it looked mean, bad. Doesn't look like he's been staying in shape. That's for sure. I mean, no. maybe he can throw the ball, but man, that stomach is uh, that might get in the way of his pads. I mean, thirty-four million dollar cap hit next year. <laughs> Yeah, but, but at least he's throwing. I, I still think he's a better option than what you have on the bench right now. So, you know, what do you what do you think? I mean, if, if I think he, they should trade up and take Justin Herbert. That's what I think. <laughs> well, you'd, you'd give have away to give all up, the picks you have to give away to get him. Uh, you'd you'd have to give up quite a bit. I mean, you seem like they could pretty, get to the Giants. Fourth, so the Giants want their fourth pick. They want to trade their fourth pick. <laughs> but why are you so high on Herbert? I just I like the way he throws the ball. I like his footwork. I like his ability to move around in the pocket. I just think he's he's got he's big he's strong he can move. But it seems like he's kind of fallen down the draft. Uh, I mean, it seemed like he was going to yeah. be like maybe top five, six, seven somewhere around there. But, but it seems like I think yeah. that they could trade up and get him. Maybe. The Giants are begging people to trade but there's away. There's a their... reason. There's a reason why he's fallen. Well, but the Giants want to trade away their fourth pick. Apparently, the Giants want to trade that pick away and stockpile picks. Wait, where, where are the uh, Steelers uh, picking right now? First round, they have no pick. No, okay, yeah, they pick. They pick in the second <laughs> round be, and the fourth tough. round. That's you're gonna have to trade a lot away to get back into that first round. Yeah, but you, as you always say, you say you gotta have a quarterback. You do. Roethlisberger's gonna be 38. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you, but you got a 27 year old quarterback. <laughs> you're just you're over there smoking cigars, drinking scotch. You got your feet up on the Adirondack chair. You have a you're living life. You got like 10 more years with yeah. this guy. Well, maybe we're coming it, to the end of know, an era. Concussion and and ACL tear and God knows what's yeah, going to happen next. Yeah, you had next. Cunningham and Jaworski. And oh yeah, Wentz. The, the top of the you know like the, we had the Bradshaw Eagles. and then a pile of trash and then Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger over the last 40 years. Uh, that's true. We had too. tire fires in between. <laughs> Slash, O'Donnell, Mike Vick, uh, Bubby well, Mike Brister, Vick, Mike Tommy Vick Maddox, like Mike Tomzak. I mean, it was a shit show in between Bradshaw and 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 uh, Roethlisberger. So I don't care what the fuck they got to trade away. I don't care if they got to trade away their first round pick for the next three years. Uh, uh, we have got to get a quarterback. You're right, Ben. I'm you're wrong. right. You're right. You're well, right. Everyone, every you know what really grinds my gears. <laughs> but every every Pittsburgh Steelers podcast I listen to, they all say the same thing. Only an idiot would think that they would be taking a quarterback next year. It would be it, it would be moronic to take a quarterback next year. I mean, if they can't get Herbert, I mean, they have to draft somebody. They have to get somebody because whoever they have there right now is definitely not the answer. We saw it this year with Mason Rudolph, with uh, Devlin Hodges. Those guys are definitely not the answer. Yeah, that's why I love the— Maybe Phillip Rivers. Oh, uh, Philip Rivers would be at, thir- awesome. at thirty-nine years old. I, I, look, if if Roethlisberger is not ready to go, spent seventy million dollars on our quarterback, not ready to go. I think Philip Rivers would fit in quite nicely in the Steelers' line. I would take him over whatever the hell I'm over Mason Rudolph, yeah, and Devlin Hodges. I, that would be I'll, awesome. I'll bring I would PJ love Walker it. in. You would have a Rivers jersey hanging in your closet. Hey, did you? Hey, did you watch the combine? Did you watch any of the combine? Mm, not really. 
Yeah, I didn't really watch much yeah. either. Yeah. Oh well, I'm at work, so I mean, I, unless I you know come home and I watch like the replays of whatever. Yeah, I mean, position. there were some highlights. I mean, I just love listening to these these failed scouts on their on their podcast, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks and all these other guys that that were. You've scouts. got a long drive home, Ben. So you listen to a lot of well, podcasts. because they, they just get their little sheet. You know, they, they, essentially these scouts just take whatever their owners. You know, Al Davis says, "Give me the fast big guy." Okay, <laughs> I'm looking for the fast big guy. Uh, but it's much like you know Jim Cramer on television and people that pick stocks. If you really were a good scout. You wouldn't be on ESPN telling you know telling me what te- what players are going to perform well at what positions. You'd be on an NFL team drafting players. You wouldn't be on TV. Philip Rivers, two Steelers. Philip Rivers heard it, heard it here first. And here's another little interesting tidbit of news: Alshon Jeffrey finally. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. he always wants out, but he wants out of Philadelphia. Veteran veteran Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey would welcome a change of scenery that would come with a potential trade, according to Connor Hughes of the Athletic. It doesn't sound like Jeffrey is actually demanding a trade, but he is. But it's an open secret among Philly beat writers that the 30-year-old vet does not seem to be on the best of terms with the organization, especially after last year being the alleged anonymous yeah, source yeah. of all the bullshit coming out about Carson no, Wentz. No, we're, we're not sure if that's true. We're not sure we're if not. that's true we're at not. all. I mean, it could be. I mean, he, he, I, I don't see why. I mean, it seems like when he's on the field, and, and he's also attended. He plays uh, really well. And, and he, he's also attended, I think, a couple of games with Wentz. I mean, it seems like they have a pretty good relationship off the field. Um, but, you know, if, if it's a mutual decision, if he wants to leave, then go ahead and leave. You know, you don't want a guy that doesn't want to be there. You know, you don't want that type of a person in the locker room causing any sort of friction and if he wants to go elsewhere and 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 well i mean it's gonna be kind of tough to get rid of the guy because he did sign an extension um uh, but if 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 the if the eagles can find a suitor for him and they can you know sort of make a trade and make it happen if he wants to leave let him go i mean i've always liked alshon jeffrey i don't know where he, I, I i don't know where he would end up but um if if he does want to leave then that's that's just the way it is and what would you want for him uh, whatever you can get from right now, because but, I mean, his, I mean, his contract is is it's up there. Yeah, I think it's just about fifty million a year right now. So there, it's not easy to get rid of Elshon Jeffrey. I mean, would you take a first rounder? I mean, no, nobody would, f- would. Nobody would. I'm sure it'd probably be like a third or fourth or fifth round. For Elshon Jeffrey? Yeah, right now, yeah, I, I, because I mean, the, the Eagles have no leverage. I mean, if a guy wants to leave your team, then you take what you can get for that guy. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, do you think he really wants out of Philadelphia? You have a helicopter flying? No, I'm not, I'm not sure if he wants to leave, but those are the rumors coming out of Philadelphia right now. I'm not sure, how, you know, how much truth there is to that. But uh, if if he wants to leave, I mean, the Eagles have really no I leverage. Just don't you get just it. take what you can get. I mean, and I think, and I actually, we are agreeing way too much tonight. I agree. I mean, what? I mean, there's nothing. I don't hear any bad shit coming out. Generally speaking. From the Eagles organization, Peterson, Roseman, uh, and uh, Jeffrey Lurie as well. I don't hear a lot of, you know, bad energy, bad juju. No, I don't. I don't hear uh, either. You know, rumors, but, I mean, those are sort of the backstabbing. Yeah. I mean, but, so, I mean, so if the, he's having media, a problem in the media, those are the rumors. But whether or not it's true, I have no idea. Maybe they just want to talk about it just to you know have something to talk about in the offseason. I think it, I think the Eagles do lose leverage because if you're having a problem with that organization. What kind of problems are you going to have with I, a I just poorly know, run organization? You because know, he's around 30. He's 30, 30 31. 30 somewhere around old. there. Yeah, he's, he's around there. So, I, mean, I, love, uh, I love the way he runs, For somebody to, to you know, take that contract on, 
is it really worth it for any other team out there right now? I mean, I, w- I would love to keep Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, I, how many times have I texted? I love watching him play. I mean, how many times Except have I... Except for that one that went through his hand. Have yeah. I texted back? Well, I mean, yeah, there, there is that. But, I mean, that, that, that shit happens. I mean, you know, they, they had a 14 nothing no lead. Aguilar. They had a 14 nothing lead in that game. It should have never come to that. But... You know that's that was two years ago. I um, love Alshon Jeffrey. I've I've always I, liked I him. I don't I don't have a, I don't I don't have an issue with, with the guy. If he has any issues being in Philadelphia, then let the guy move on. But uh, if it's just rumors, then then definitely keep the guy because you know he's a big body. He's you know over six feet. Um, he's the kind of guy that two hundred plus. Yeah, I mean you have you have Goddard, you have uh, Ertz, and you have this guy. You know, and when you're in in the red zone situation, those are the kind of guys that yeah. you want. Yeah. And um, you know, this year he was he was just unlucky. He was injured uh for for the majority of the season. Yeah, and from from early on. Yeah. Yeah. From I mean, very he got hurt early on, on like yeah. week two or week yeah. three. Yeah. It was kind of in and out, and yeah. Um, but if if he if he really wants to leave, then then you just have to let him go. Uh, Steelers will take him. We have yeah. a we have a way of dealing with. Plexico <laughs> Burris's and Antonio Browns and Randall L's and we have a, and we I have give a, Mike Tomlin. and Antonio Holmes's we have an we have a way of reining yeah. these guys in. I give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit. I just feel like he has an office where he just sits them down and they, uh, they come out of the office and they're better behaved. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what happens in there. I, he he he's an intimidating dude. Yeah, because Plexico hey, Burris was a fuck up when he left. Yeah, Randall L was a fuck up when he left. Yep. Holmes was a fuck up when he left. Yep. Antonio Brown I, oh. drove his car off the Grand Canyon. Jesus Christ, when he left. Yeah, uh, so. Tomlin Mike, must do something. He's an intimidating guy. If he scares me just looking at him on TV. <laughs> like, do you want me to buy Ray-Bans? I'll buy Ray-Bans. I'll, I'll wear I'll get some aviators. Whatever you want. Where did that come from? <laughs> well, he always wears those aviators in every game. He wears those Ray-Ban That's aviators. That's true. I'm like, I'll wear whatever sunglasses you want, Mike. I don't care. Don't beat me up. Just please don't start Devlin Hodges again. Please. You're killing me, man. All right. Next up, another bit of sad news from Philadelphia. It appears the Eagles are moving on from veteran linebacker Nigel Bradham. Mm-hmm. That's not Dave sad news. Zangaro. That's not sad news. I, I think it's sad I don't news. think it's sad news. Man, fucking Eagle fans have never happened. <laughs> Bradham, 30, has been with the Eagles since 2016, but it seemed highly unlikely he would be back in 2020, at least under his current contract. The Eagles have decided declined the option. A league source confirmed. Uh, ESPN first reported the move. The move will save the Eagles about four and a half million, which doesn't seem like a lot of money. Yeah, you can pick up somebody better. Bradham had a team option <laughs> on his current contract that would have paid him eight million in 2020. That's a lot. He's a, now a free agent. There's a possibility Bradham could return on a cheaper deal. That's what we want. But he'll obviously want to test the free agent market. I and like nobody, Bradham. I, I, I don't, I like don't Bradham. mind Bradham. I don't mind Bradham, but I don't want to pay him that much money either. He's dropped off significantly. From the Super Bowl but year, linebackers are hard to find. Not good well, linebackers. Are, Steelers well, have no linebackers. We have Devin he's, Bush and a bunch of scrubs. He's decent. He's a he's a he's a decent linebacker. I like the fire that he brings to the team. Yes, but thank you, all or nothing. But you know, eight mil, eight mil. That's it's that's nothing that's, in today. That's, it's two hundred plus hours. I mean, Jenkins is making eight mil right now, and he wants a little bit more. So you know, well, he deserves more. But you'd have to drop this guy. Maybe drop this guy, pick up something for six, give that guy an extra two. Bring back Orlando Skandrick. You know, Howie, you know, do something. Oh, Howie <laughs> will definitely do something. Yeah. Maybe he'll just like rake Joe, what was his name? Uh, Joe Douglas, who went to yeah. the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> he would just rake him over the coals and bring in yeah, somebody no, but, from but, the Jets. But, but Bradham, at 30 years old, he he he's 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 definitely dropped off. He's, I just like that Eagles defense. So maybe I'm yeah. a little sentimental about the, the Eagles defense. Yeah. Potentially. you are. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have a little bit of 
housekeeping. All right, folks, if you're listening to our show, we truly appreciate it. This is Thirst and Goal Podcast, a show about football, fun, friends, and bourbon reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstandgold.busprout.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes, all 61 of our past episodes. You can check our show notes, get links to all of the stories that we discuss, get links to all of the beer, booze, browns, bourbons, rise that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers. Pandora. We are on Pandora now, folks. Spotify, CastBox, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, and all of the podcatchers out there. Please, if you would be so kind, please leave us a review on whatever podcatcher you use. If you're on Apple, please leave us a review on Apple to Apple iTunes. Podcast. Po- Apple Podcast. <laughs> ben doesn't have an Apple. He I, has, I have he, an Android he, phone. he loves his Samsungs. I love my Samsungs. I don't this this Apple cult. And it seems like a new Samsung every year. Yeah, it's like it's, the new 10, 11, 12. I don't even know which one they're on. It, they seem to get bigger and bigger yeah, yeah. and bigger because your vision gets worse and worse yeah, every year. I got the I got the readers one point five. They should just they should just they should it's just like, rename phones. Ben, is that a cell phone or a or a or a, or a tablet right they there? They should they should just rename the, the phones based on the amount of magnification you need <laughs> yeah. on your readers. Like, this is the Samsung 1.5. <laughs> this is Samsung 1.75. I mean, that actually wouldn't yeah, be a per, bad yeah, idea. It's per diopter. It'll be like, I'll be holding it with two hands in a car. <laughs> well, pretty much. I almost, it's not yeah, much smaller it's, than... Uh, it's a Note. It's my, it's my Samsung Note. Than what you note. have in the, in the Tesla right there. I mean, it's not that much... I mean, look how big that thing is, it's man. It's my Note 10 Plus. Jeez. I mean, pretty soon, they have the foldable one now. So, <laughs> do I mean, they maybe, really? No, they please do. don't tell me that. They true. have the foldable one. Yeah. Is it bigger? It it might be the same size, but I'm sure they'll come up with a larger one. It's you, a, you might be able to fold it into like quarters. Like you, know, you fold it one way and then the other way, and then it fits in your pocket. Yeah, it was like a, when I was at jury duty, I was trying to work on the agenda, and I was like, this phone is too small. I need my tablet. I need where's my where's my Microsoft Surface? This is too small. And Friday's like, like a twenty like, inch twenty inch screen. And I'm using my work phone. My work phone is like a Apple. S was there an S at some point? Well, well it's like, a like six or seven. I think it's eleven or something, like, or, or ten S or something. No, my, like that. mine's yeah. old. Mine's like three yeah. years old. Oh, okay, it's but like I mean, a, like the S is like comes yeah. out to you, whatever. But it's yeah. like a six. It's, it's or much a seven? smaller than what you yeah. have right there. And but, I'm typing yeah. on it. I feel like I need to like. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do this. Aging sucks, people. <laughs> Just know that in advance if you're listening to yeah, the well. show and you're between the ages of eighteen and forty, it gets worse. All right, you can email us. I'm from, between those ages. Yeah, I know you are. I'll get there soon. Yeah, he's there. He's on the other side of 35. Uh, though. I am on the we other side. About that last other side. Last podcast. 40 talk- is closer than 30. Yes, thanks, Ben. Uh, you can email us as well. Please email us at podcastthirstygold.buzzbrat or podcastthirstygold at gmail.com. You can call us. Look for the phone number in the show notes. You can follow us on our awesome Instagram account at. Thirstand. Not that awesome. It's a pretty amazing. Not as awesome as your Twitter, Ben. My Twitter is at GoalThirst, but definitely the photographs are what is our bread and butter. <laughs> and you can check out all of Friday's photos, all of the stories on Twitter and Instagram by following us there. Thank you all so much. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we'll talk a little bit about Amazon's all or nothing Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back, and we'll talk about All or Nothing, Ben. I think we're all caught up now. You've watched episode five and six, and I'm up to episode six. I watched episode six last night. What do you think so far? I love it. I love it too, man. 
I love that screaming kid. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? This is the promo, baby. Ready for the curtain call, last camera action. You have to be able to work Jeffrey as Lurie. a family. Yeah. You have to nurture it every single day. It's great to be a billionaire. You win a game yeah, it is. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Super Bowl bound. <laughs> you lose a game or two. It's caught, then it's fumbled. All they write is terrible. But the best culture wins. Yeah. That's why I'm off pissed off at Alshon Jeffrey. haven't experienced that yet. Just don't go too crazy. Do your job, bring some energy, I promise you that's all we need. I don't know what the future holds. All right, Friday. Yeah. What do you think about? Yeah, no, but I mean, the more I watch it, the more I love Brandon Graham. Yeah. I mean, he's a great. I love Brandon Graham. Great influence on the team. I didn't I mean, know how good he, and he was almost gone. He at was, the end of the 2018 he, he, season. He didn't know, you know, where he would end up, but they definitely signed him to a longer term contract than he expected. And uh, you know, I'm glad that they kept him because he's a great influence on that team on the defense. Amazing, and he's still an amazing player, even at you know he's 30 years old. He's getting up there in age. But uh, yeah, we we we're at that point in the season now where we're going through that losing stretch where we lost to the Patriots, we lost to the Seahawks, we lost to the Dolphins, to the fucking Dolphins. Yeah, but you beat the Bears. Yeah, well, that was yeah, whatever. <laughs> but to lose to the Dolphins, and that's when I thought the season was over. I mean, on this podcast, you thought the season was over way before that. <laughs> Let's be fair. I can. I got the. I got the podcast to but prove it. Nobody, nobody, you know, thought that the Eagles would be in that situation. I mean, early in the season, before the season, the season even started, Ben, you thought that they were a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I was uh, hanging up the, the the signs on the streetlights in Philly. I never thought they were. You know, I mean, I thought they were going to be a good team, but you had way more confidence in them than I did. Well, you know, on paper, but I didn't think they would also be five and seven at this point in the season. But I mean, I love. I mean, I love the 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 the, first, the season five. You know, with the fan getting the tattoo, he gets yeah, the eagle yeah, tattoo yeah, yeah. as he's leaving. That the, looked like a terrible as, tattoo too. And as he's leaving, he's like, "They better fucking win." Yeah. <laughs> uh, you had to get to know. You got to know Miles Sanders in the Halloween episode. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Ertz got a little bit of grief. For his lower productivity, I mean, at least to that point yeah, in the season. But he came through big time against the Bears. Uh, and the defense finally, well, they played well most of the year, even oh. with Band-Aids and Bubblegum on defense. Yeah. But they played really well uh, against the Bears. But Deshaun Jackson got hurt. Yeah, he did. He get. I mean, a couple of times this season. Yeah. So, I mean, he played basically uh, one drive against that, uh, against the Bears. And, and he got injured. Uh, and he had... You know, surgery and obviously wasn't able to come back. But um, you were five and four at that point. We had five and four at that point, and then uh, you know the three game losing streak came in, and you know five and seven now after uh, episode six, and we kind of know. I mean, obviously we know what happens uh, from here onward. I'm excited to watch uh, you know episode seven and episode eight. But you know, what do you think, Ben? I mean, how, you how do you like? How do you? How do you? I mean, come- I love the show. I love hearing from the fans. I love hearing from the players in their personal life. I love hearing about the players' impression of the fans. I love, I mean, the local radio hosts are what the local radio hosts are. Um, you know, those guys, they have, they have, they got to make a living doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like seeing, you know, watching them play paintball, you know, watching the guys. Yeah. Dallas Goddard and, and how uh, they interact with each other, but how they also interact with the coaches and how they, Maddox, how they feel about the fans and the city and, and just their, you know, the daily life, just like, you know, obviously I make a lot less money, yeah. but I, you know, going through. I'm not the, sure how much less you make than Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> but going through the the life of, you know, a job of an NFL player. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you don't see that. You don't when you, when you you watch it on Sunday. You think you know every drop, every mistake. You know what what's wrong with you? You know they're screaming. Everybody wants you know it's a death threat for everything in this country now. You know no matter what you do, positive or negative, you get a death threat. Um, everyone's so reactionary to everything. Cut him, fire him, shoot him. Kill, I mean, and it, but they're human beings. Yeah, and 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 this I I think that is what this show really does a good job of 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 showing us is, is that sort of perspective that these guys, they're not robots. They're not just dudes running out there like on, on, you know, Xbox or, or PlayStation. They're not just robots that you can control. I mean, they're human beings. They make mistakes. Now, obviously when the season rolls around next, Nelson Aguilar makes more than some. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, next year, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, I, I think all or nothing does a really good job of, 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 you know, depicting, how they live their daily lives and not just the way they are on the football field. And and that's why I love this show. And, and, um, you know, uh, having Queens under pressure playing at the, at the end of the episode, those guys feel it. They know how the city will react. And they, you know, that Instagram post, uh, that I put up there yeah, yeah, yeah. with having these guys walk home from Miami. That's how I felt. Yeah, you know, I, especially I mean, with the trick play, and they were up. An idiot. I mean, trick I, for, I mean, I forgot the that they were up twenty-eight to fourteen in that game, and they lost like thirty-seven to twenty-eight. Yeah, I, and I, they could have beat the Patriots. They were very close. They were very close. Goddard there, fumbled yeah. in the fucking end zone of that game. Yeah, Wentz fumbled, which led to even a touchdown against the Seahawks. I mean, I, I didn't game. realize how many turnovers. I don't remember. I didn't remember how many turnovers they had against the Seahawks. Yeah. Even but they the, gave that game away too. The offensive line completely imploded. Lane Johnson gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brandon Brooks also yeah. talking about you know his anxiety disorders that he has. But yeah. you know that was that's, amazing. That's amazing. That, that, that's you know very courageous and of watching him to his come teammates. Out. And, and, and talk about that because there's a lot of guys that don't talk about that, especially when you're like, you know, six, five and, and like 300 and some pounds. And, and, you know, I mean, those kinds of guys, you don't expect them to talk about that. But, you know, like we said, they, they're human beings. And the know? way that the team welcomed him back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people's impression is sort of the Richie incognito, especially after you know, signing, impre- like how be a man, blah, 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 yeah. blah, all that Richie incognito crap that he, that he pulled when he was with the bowl, mm-hmm. uh, Bills. But to watch the team welcome him back, even though they knew he took a game off. Yeah, well, he wasn't he, he hurt, started, but he, he was. Started, he started that game. He played the game. Uh, oh, but did he, he play? He couldn't, he couldn't finish the game. But he couldn't finish the game. Yeah. But just as, you know, he wasn't physically hurt. Yeah. But his teammates recognized that he he couldn't play. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was, it, it shed a new light on, you know, these people as human beings. I mean, the Seahawks. Oh, my God. That yeah. was brutal. And it was the same scoreline in the playoff game, too. But it brought Greg Ward out from the wilderness and it into did. the fold. It did. He it had did. a good game that game. You know. uh, the defense still played well. I mean, they, the, the, those, Seahawks, those two the Seahawks games. should have sh- blown you out in that game. Yeah, they should have. They, but that also has to do with the Seahawks' play calling, which we've, we've you know talked at length about in this podcast, too. They could have easily beat the Eagles by 14 or 21 points in that game. You know, no problem. And at Miami, oh my God! But you guys got off to a good step. You were way up in that game. Oh, we we, we you know went Darby to... had a had an interception. Yeah, uh, there was a touchdown. I think off the interception, I think you guys scored yeah. a touchdown off the yeah. interception. Uh, you know the Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick had a huge, huge comeback in that game. Yeah, but that because um, the defense but you never played, know when it's going to come. I mean, the defense played amazing against the Patriots to just keep them in that game after all the mistakes and yeah, against the Seahawks. 
after all his mistakes. I mean, the defense really held him in that game. And then you, you come up against Fitzpatrick, which is a lesser quarterback than Brady, than Russell Wilson. And they just can't hold this. They can't keep this guy to the end zone. But, it, you know, the, the guys on the bench, these players know how the Philadelphia media will react to them. Yeah. <laughs> is that? That's how they react. Is that Fitzpatrick music yeah, right yeah, there? Yeah, <laughs> that's Fitzpatrick music. Uh, but yeah, after the Miami game, what they're five and now they're five seven? and seven. They're five and seven, and now the upcoming episodes is their winning streak, and I'm excited to watch that game against the Cowboys that they won. Uh, and also, I mean, those were basically all playoff games. You know, I mean, it, the way the season turned out, I mean, they had to come back in every single game. They were down against the Giants. They were down against the Redskins. They were down against the uh, Giants twice, actually. And uh, they also beat you know the Cowboys, which is great. But um, I, I'm excited to watch these but next But you guys episodes. finished 9-7. Nine and, nine and seven, seven. Yeah. So you don't lose another game yeah, from, from here. here so, the, yeah. so the tone of the, the show should be a little bit different. More upbeat. <laughs> going forward. <laughs> but, you know, we also got to know Miles Sanders through these two mm-hmm. episodes. You got to see him. You know, break out and get to know him a little bit more. Should have been as should a have player, been rookie of the year. Who was in rookie my opinion, of the year again? Not Miles Sanders, that's uh, for sure. It was oh, uh, it, it was, was Nick Bosa. Uh, I think Nick it was Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah, yeah. It was the it was the Nick Bosa Award. Yeah, he, this he year. won the defensive player and then rookie of the year as well. I mean, he was yeah, he lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that's all I care about. <laughs> All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have some mailbag questions. Oh, yes, we do. We do have some. So thank you all so much for sending us your mailbag questions uh, via Twitter. Feel free also to send them to us via email at podcastthirstandgoal.com. You can also send them a reply to any of Frane's Instagram posts as well if you'd like to do it there. Or you can send us mailbag questions at uh, on Twitter at Goal Thirst. So we got a few questions and a statement this week. Uh, but the first question comes from New York Jets fans podcast, our awesome friends. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Charman or Sherman mans the Jets fans podcast Twitter page. But the question is at Jets fans podcast. What are your thoughts on what the Eagles will do with Jenkins and Jeffrey? Any chance for a trade up or down in the draft for them as well? Franny, um, what do you say? You're the Eagles. Yeah, in, in the draft, I don't really see them uh, trading up or down. I, th- I, I see them picking, what are they, uh, in the 20s somewhere. Yep. On the exact uh, the exact pick that they have. But I, I, I can, hopefully, they'll, they'll pick a cornerback up in uh, in the draft. That's definitely one of their needs. Um, but so we talked about, we talked about it a little bit earlier in, in the podcast, uh, you know, uh, I would definitely give Jenkins a little bit more cash. I want Jenkins to stay on the team. Um, you know, he's, he's very similar to, uh, to Brandon Graham, the influence that he has on the defense. Um, so I, it's not, it, that's the kind of guy you don't want to lose in the locker room. Um, as far as Alshon, you know, if Alshon wants to move on, if we can get something in return for him, then, um, then let him go. I mean, it, it, it looks, seems like it will be a mutual decision, um, you know, for the Eagles and for Alshon. So if they both agree, then, you know, let it be. Yeah, but you got some picks. You got a first round pick. You got a second round pick. You got two third round picks, unlike three the, fourth the, round picks, unlike two the, five round picks, <laughs> fifth round picks, and a sixth round pick. Unlike the Steelers, right, Ben? No, I think we got a third. We got a. <laughs> A second, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. Yeah, but what do you think, Ben? I mean, I mean, obviously Jenkins is getting up there in age right now, but you know, we're, we see how he reacts to certain game situations in All or Nothing. 
So we 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 kind of see the player, you know, beyond what we see on the field. Yeah, I mean, I, I he's making eight million this year, mm-hmm, Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did Earl Thomas get and to stink it up for the Ravens and, and last he's, year? I mean, for the last yeah, two could, seasons, he's been the most reliable eagle yeah, player out there without without question the, he, he, has he plays not, more downs than any other player on the team and, and he plays special teams he plays defense i mean that guy plays every single snap and he has not been injured and every it seems like every single eagles player has been injured the last two seasons except for him and i just jinxed him yeah i mean Jen, if he's a problem in the locker room let him go uh if there's anything any truth to the fact that that Alshon Jeffrey can't get along with one of the best organizations from top to bottom in the league, let him go. Yeah. Because he's going to be a problem. Unless he goes to the Steelers or the Patriots, he's going to be a problem. It seems like Jenkins likes where he is right now. He likes the situation that he's in. He likes like being Jenkins. the leader of that yeah. defense. And he really got young shows. Guys, he's got Darby. He's got Maddox. Yeah. He's got a bunch of other young guys out there. I don't know how many. The guys are. respect him. The guys respect Jenkins. I would hate to lose Jenkins, even though he's dropped off a little bit the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean, who was it? Maddox or... I can't remember who was it. Uh, one of the, the all or nothing... Oh, it was Skandrick. It fit, Skandrick. Says, Skandrick. That's why you're the captain di- of the yeah, defense? Yeah, exactly. The dick. Yeah, that that's why you're the captain and, of the defense. And, and, and Shannon... Jenkins should be making $12 million a year. Uh, I would say 10 <laughs> uh, I know. Well, as an Eagle fan, you'd say 10 But I think he should be making 10 to $12 million a year. A, a safety at his level, with his leadership, with his skill set, with his drive to play every down to the last down of the game. Uh, Earl Thomas got a bunch of money in the offseason this past year. Palomalo was paid very well in his last years with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. I would pay Jenkins 10 to $12 million probably for a three years. I'd give him a three-year contract. That seems generous. <laughs> well, you're an Eagle fan. I would say I like what he's doing on the field, but you know, three years, twelve million—that's that, that's kind of high up there. Well, but I don't know what kind of money he's looking for. But if he just wants, you know, an extra mil or two mil, you know, if they can sort of work it out, then definitely keep Jenkins over Alshon Jeffrey because you know we can find somebody in the draft, a large, you know, a, oh, a big body, and there's a shit ton of a receivers, big body in this wide draft. receiver out there. there are yeah, a lot of receivers in this draft. You know, going to be less than fifteen mil a year for sure. But let's just put Jenkins' versatility into perspective, Franny. Mm-hmm. He played two hundred and sixty-six snaps at cornerback last season. Mm-hmm. No actual cornerback played more than three hundred and seventy-two in coverage. Meaning Jenkins, the team's starting safety, played almost as much at cornerback as the team's actual cornerbacks did, while also playing safety. Only three safeties and thirty-two cornerbacks in the entire NFL spent more time in the slot. Than Jenkins did. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is all over the field, playing corner, playing safety. I mean, uh, what's his name? Byron Jones from uh, Dallas, who is a he's a free agent quarterback yeah. slash safety for Dallas, and he's going to get twelve. He's, he's, he's also a bit to younger. He's, four, he's, he's younger. He's younger, but he's going to get in that twelve to fourteen range probably mm-hmm. because of his versatility. But he played Jenkins played two hundred sixty six snaps at corner, yeah. let alone. The number of snaps that he played. I just love, I love his leadership. Yeah. His leadership is, is you know, he, he, you can tell that he has command over these 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 younger cornerbacks that are on the team. And you need his that when you got twenty one year old, twenty two year old people coming into the league. They got five hundred, six hundred grand in their pocket. You need leadership around mm-hmm. those people mm-hmm. to be able to get them through the season. So Jeffrey, do what you got to do. If you want to move on, move on. Jenkins stay, but I think you should make more than Franny does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, next question 
from the Rock Pile Report, a Buffalo Bills podcast at Rock Pile Report. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the old Bills Stadium used to be called the Rock Pile. That is why the name of the podcast is the yes. Rock Pile Report. New, was it New Era Stadium or something like yeah, that? Yeah, the one yeah. they're calling it now. But the stadium before yeah. this that was even worse than this one. Uh, <laughs> there was, was a worse was, one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Before this one. Uh, was called the Rock Pile, and Buffalo fans loved the Rock Pile just the way I loved old Yankee Stadium. 50 years of paint slathered on the walls, ceilings that were just a couple feet above your head walking out. You you piss in a what piss is it? In the, in the, underneath in the, the overpass on the, the, on the on the Mahomes Bridge or the McCombs Mac- Bridge. Mahomes. The McCombs <laughs> Bridge just smells like urine for as far as you can walk. That's the way it should be. That intimidating, that intimidating. Uh, er, you know, <laughs> sent for fans of the opposing team. But their question is, what is the best bourbon we've had while podcasting? All right. Ronnie, right. take that one away. You have a list for us. Yeah, we, we, I have a list. I'm not sure if this is all the bourbons that we've tried on the show, but it's just, uh, you know, some of the bottles that we grabbed and, and we have piles and piles of bottles, uh, right piles. now. Yeah, we have, they're, they're in piles. They're, they're all, it's, they're all one on top of the other right now. It's like Skid Row. Uh, <laughs> we just have piles of bottles. But yeah, we, <laughs> You try to walk through the house and you're stepping over bottles. But we've tried the High West American Prairie Bourbon. We've tried the Russell's Reserve 10-Year Straight Kentucky Bourbon. The Jim Beam Band, which you're a big fan of, which you have been a big fan of. We tried That's the Eagle, Eagle, <laughs> Eagle Rare. Where did you just... You were just waiting for that. Yeah, I was. The Eagle Rare, Angel's Envy, the Balcones Texas Bourbon, the Buffalo Trace, which is excellent, the Clyde Mays Straight Bourbon Whiskey, the Old Grandad 114 Proof, the Old Forester 1870, also the Old Forester 1920 Prohibition Style, like uh, the Woodford Reserve, the Elijah Craig Small Batch. I mean, all of them were excellent, but if I had to make my pick, my top bourbon out of all of those would be the Balcones Texas bourbon that really one, that one was just creamy and smooth and well balanced um and I remember Ben that was the episode where you questioned me on whether or not that's better than the Angel's Envy and we brought him out here we tried the Angel's Envy against that Balcones and you agreed with me I was right um but out of all those the Balcones and and we we've, we've been big fans of anything from Balcones so far the rye the 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 corn whiskey we'll get some more in the future but I would say that the uh the Balcones bourbon has been the best one so far out of those that I've tried interesting interesting which one would you say Ben well I guess I'm going to have to say the Balcones no you don't have to because I thought it was to. I thought it was the Eagle Rare uh, I thought it might have been the old Forster one fourteen, but that was a little, uh, a little harsh. Oh, no, no, that was, wait, which one? The well, which the old Forster, the higher the old proof Forster, one? Well, we have this the eighteen twenty and the nineteen the eighteen seventy and the nineteen twenty. The nineteen oh, twenty. I think that was the first one that we tried. Yeah. It was a prohibition style one. The nineteen twenty. That was it might have been a little. It was a little bit too harsh, I think. Uh, but between, I think I agree with Ronnie. Unfortunately, since he proved me wrong on the air, uh, I'm going to go with the Balcones. It was a Texas bourbon. Yeah, yeah. But all all of their all of their offerings so far that we've tried have have been excellent. Even the uh, corn even, whiskey, the, the corn rye, whiskey, which neither one of us expected to like. Yeah, and because it was interesting, it was different. It was different from whatever we tried in the past. But uh, the rye. Has, was also was really 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 good. good too. But their bourbon, if I had to choose, is better than any of these on the list that I just named. Yeah, and we had you know you can get a whistle pig bourbon out there. You can get a lot of bourbons that cost a lot of money. 
uh, depending on what your flavor profile is. I mean, ours, I think, is a little bit. Uh, we like a more. I mean, not that we're not that we know what we're talking about. Yeah. But we like a little more complex, smooth, sort of creamy, but with a lot of notes, a lot of flavor notes, a lot of uh, notes on the nose, and a little bit of a bite, like a little bit of a just bite. a little bit, like some spice on the finish, yeah. and 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 I think that the the balconis was really well balanced. Uh, you know, you you. you you know, you, you take a sip, but it, it 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 forces you to come back for more because there there are come back the the, the complexity of it. You, you're just kind of trying to see you know to taste the flavors that are sort of coming through. And that one, out of all the other ones, was more complex. But I just love the creamy finish, the creamy and slightly spicy finish of that one. Interesting. Okay. And what was that? Do you remember the cost on that? And not expensive. I mean, it was maybe thirty, thirty-five, forty, somewhere within that range. I mean, I don't remember the exact price of it, but it was somewhere around that range. I, I don't think it was more than forty dollars. Yeah, and, I, and I've made that mistake before. I mean, I I've bought gifts for people. This this scotch is one hundred and fifty bucks. This scotch is eighty bucks. This bourbon is ninety bucks. The money that you spend on it does not necessarily translate to how much you'll like it or how not always or how, not you know, always. But I mean, we haven't tried any two or three hundred dollar bottles of, of of anything just yet um, because we're just not crazy to spend that much. Have you ever tried the Jim Beam Blue mm, or the Johnny Walker Blue? Johnny Walker Blue. I've tried Johnny it's Walker. Like two hundred twenty bucks, something like that. I've tried um, obviously the red, which is the cheapest one. The black, the blue, the green, uh, the gold. Uh, I've, I've, I just never have been a big fan of Johnny Walker. Yeah, me neither. So I would say Franny and I are in agreement that Balconis, Texas, uh, Texas, I can't remember there's another word in between that and bourbon, but the Balconis, it comes in a bottle, red it's label. Red, red label on it. Yeah. Uh, and there, there are so many, like today I was at uh, total wine and, and, uh, there, there are quite a few offerings from Balconis and, uh, we'll definitely get some more. Um, you know, maybe next week I'll just grab, uh, we had the baby blue and they have another blue option on there, which is like their, um, their higher level corn whiskey sort of. So, uh, we'll definitely grab some of that and uh, give that a shot and, and we'll, we'll have about four or five bottles of Balconis and, and we'll have a Balconis yeah. taste test. So we'll, we'll definitely Balconis, go- send us some free shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> send us some free stuff to taste. We don't get any money for any of these reviews. So we're uh, Alagash Brewing out of Maine yeah, sent us some swag. So did. feel free they to send did. us some, squa- some swag or some free booze to taste, Balconis. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Rockpile Report, for the question. Uh, next up, next question from Blitzchick at Blitzchick, B-L-I-T-Z. Great name. C-H-K. The question is, why do you think Josh Jacobs was overlooked as offensive rookie of the year last year. Not sure, Ben. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that because he plays for the Raiders, I mean, yeah. I think because the Raiders did not have the kind of year that people, a lot of people expected them to have. I mean, he played, I mean, he played in 13 games, uh, 1150 mm-hmm. rushing yards, seven TDs, uh, yards, where's his yards per rush? Eight. Point three yards per reception and yards per attempt rushing was 4.8. Both really good numbers. I think it was probably because he played for a team that underperformed by almost make the everyone's measure but last year. I had the same question with Miles Sanders, too. Why didn't Miles Sanders win it? 
Uh, and Miles Sanders. And Miles think, Sanders probably had a better year than Josh I think Jacobs. His numbers, at least on the ground, he may have had more yardage than uh, than Josh Jacobs. But I, I I think you hit the nail on the head, Ben. I think it's because the team just didn't perform uh, that well, and um, you know your chances of winning uh, on a losing team. Were they a losing team? Were, were, they, were they eight and eight, or they were somewhere around there? Seven they nine. Finished eight and eight. I don't, I don't remember the exact record for the for the Raiders. Uh, but you know that 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 really diminishes your chances of you know winning you know any awards. Yeah, and it's too bad because I think he had a really really good year, and you know it was uh, the rookie of the year was Arizona's Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Oh yeah, that's Murray. right. That was stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think none of us agreed with that. None of us agreed with that. I think it should have went to Miles Sanders or. Josh Jacobs, yeah. but I would say because yeah. because he played for a team that was in somewhat of disarray last year, Jacobs just couldn't get the kind of national attention that he deserved. Sanders definitely was in contention, but Kyler Murray... Because, I mean, Sanders actually, uh, towards the end of the season, he made a huge difference. I mean, he was the reason the Eagles were winning games. He was the reason, he was part of the reason that they made it to the playoffs, Whereas, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs was picking up a lot of yardage and, and you know, catching the ball to the backfield, but they just didn't have a good record. They didn't yeah, make it's too bad. So, yeah. But he, he's, he, I'm sure, going, I mean, going forward, he's going to be an excellent running back. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, and he played in the majority of the snaps in most of those games. I think it was just... I mean, him and Tom Brady are going to make a great duo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colts, baby. Colts. <laughs> I mean, are you gonna pay Tom? How much? How much do you think the Patriots should pay him, Tom Brady? Thank you, uh, Blitzchick, for the question. Yeah, thank you. Um, that's that's a tough one because he, he really hasn't had a huge contract. He's never been one of the top paid quarterbacks. I would say twenty three million for two seasons, two more seasons. Fifty million for two. Yeah, guaranteed. Forty six million. Guaranteed. Gotta be guaranteed. Guaranteed. In no way he'll play for that. Gonna have to be thirty plus. Uh, Six Super Bowls. I know, I know, but forty some years old. I know. Forty two. I know. <laughs> All right, we have one more comment. It's not a question, but a comment from Mitchell. This is at underscore absolute zero. Uh, no question. Just looking for some friendly action for the upcoming season. The Saints. Mitchell is a huge Saints fan, playing the Eagles this year. If the Saints win, Mitchell gets to hear a New Orleans-themed tag team news. <laughs> For sure. So we will do five or six stories just about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and he's open to suggestions in the unlikely event of a Saints loss. Uh, but can we agree Oh hell yeah! that if the Saints somehow manage to beat the Philadelphia Eagles in their head-to-head -head this year. They we will do a themed, a Saints-themed tag team news. Yeah, we can definitely do that. All we right. can definitely do that. I, I mean, I, I, I but I, then I, Drew Brees will be hurt. He'll be done. <laughs> what what's, what week do you no, play? Them? I, I, um, I, I don't know exactly the the week that we do play them, but uh, I mean the Saints are an interesting team. They have some very good players. I mean, I love Alvin Kamara. I mean, Michael Thomas, like I mentioned so many times. I mean, this dude is the best receiver in the league, and I hope Drew Brees can stay healthy the rest of the season. And and they should have made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, if not for that terrible call. 
If not for the call and Cameron Jordan spouting off his mouth about Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> who's better than your quarterback, by the way. Uh, but yes, Mitchell, agreed. We will absolutely do an all Mercedes-Benz uh, themed, Saints-themed tag team news for sure. We'll talk about everything and anything Saints that particular week. We give you our word. Yes, sir. All right, Freddie, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is your betting corner. All right, hold tight, everybody. We'll be get right back with the betting corner. All right, and we are back with Ben's betting corner. Ben, you've made a few bets. On the XFL. I have. There's it's nothing else all to make bets on. XFL all the time. Although, considering how the Lakers have been doing lately, I'm considering putting down a little bit of a wager on the Lakers to win the NBA championship. They lost tonight. But we did have a pretty good week last week. Last Saturday, we took the Roughnecks in a teaser. Uh, with the, with the over, we won on that. We bet on the Houston Roughnecks minus six. We won on that. We had a win on the Houston Roughnecks on the over, and we won on that. We had a teaser that we lost on on Sunday last week, which would have been the games that we talked about last Saturday night. Uh, we won on the teaser St. Louis Battlehawks. We teased it down to minus four and a half, and the under to 46. We won on that, but we lost on the D.C. Defenders minus three and a half. We lost on that, uh, and we had a little bit. Uh, of uh, a down day today. Unfortunately, we had the Los Angeles Wildcats. We teased them down to minus one, and we took the over at 32. We lost on both of those, unfortunately. But we did win on the St. Louis Battlehawks. Teased them down to minus five and a half. Took the over at 31. Teased it down to 31, and we won on that. But going into next week... We have a tasty, tasty parlay. That's tomorrow, right? Yeah, that I put down. I took the New York Guardians plus 263, and they won today. They were a huge underdog. Took the St. Louis Battlehawks minus 500, and we won on that. So tomorrow, we took the Houston Roughnecks minus three and the D.C. Defenders minus three. If they win, that $10 bet will win $160. Oh. All right, all right. Your uh, your wife's birthday is coming up pretty soon, Ben. That is so you're true. Have some extra cash to that spend is true. on some nice gifts. Can't convince Frane to can't convince Frane to do a. I just don't parlay. know. How, I don't know how good these teams are. I don't know who's who and and who's going to show up. You know which week. I mean, in the NFL, I you know I you have an inkling of who is actually a decent team and who's not. So that's I mean, true. And this, true. I have no idea who's good. I mean, you know, I expected the Wildcats to win today and they lost. Against the worst team in the league. Yep. And that's, but I had a feeling. Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow we got a, a, a nice little teaser. Tease the Houston Roughnecks all the way up to plus three and the over against the Renegades to 44. Uh, that's a nice little teaser. We also have the, a straight bet total over 50, the Roughnecks versus the Renegades. I think the overs are back in effect in the XFL. Uh, we have a straight bet DC defenders minus three. I do think the D.C. Defenders are going to win tomorrow. We have a straight bet again. The Houston Roughnecks minus three. That, I think, is a lock of the week. And we will have which team will Tom Brady play for in 2020? (laughs) 
I took oh, a nice little bet there, a $20 bet to win $803 if Tom Brady ends up playing for the uh, India and Indianapolis Colts. That'd be a great win, Ben, but you're just going to end up losing $20 in that one. As a, wise man, as a wise man once said, with you, the Patriots. you can't cure cheap. There is no <laughs> cure for that. There's no antibiotic. There's no There's no vaccine. There's nothing that I can do. I've been looking I'm, for something. I'm trying to convince. I have been cured. He's like, that $5. That $5. Uh, but tomorrow, the Roughnecks are favored by three over the Renegades. The Defenders are favored by three over the Lowly Vipers. Uh, but those were the, the picks of the week. But Sonia wants to see us take this. Yes, she does. Uh, she wants to see us take this this interesting, interesting shot that Franny has concocted this week. So, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the week. We're moving into our alcohol portion of the show. We'll do the shot and the beverage of the week and also the beer of the week. But first up, we got the shot, Ben. And, and what is this shot? This shot looks very disgusting, actually. And it, it is from the book that you got me for Christmas that you thought was a gag gift, but we're putting it to good use. And uh, starting out with the A's, we have a lot of absolute vodka shots coming up in the next oh, do few we really? weeks. Uh, and uh, this shot is made with uh, absolute pepper, which I had no idea. Pepper. Pepper, uh, which I had... No idea existed. I didn't know they actually made an absolute pepper. So pepper, you didn't get the pepper, absolute uh, turmeric. I'm sure it's coming up pretty soon <laughs> in the next few weeks. Absolute time. <laughs> but uh, we got the absolute pepper uh, with a little bit of hot sauce. We got the I Cholula. I don't think I'm going to drink it. A little bit of Cholula hot sauce in there. I don't there, think ben. I can do it. I don't and think I can do it. It is dubbed the. Ab- I, ab- I don't think I can do it. So this. hot. It's going to be absolutely hot. It's going to be uh, a spicy uh, vodka uh, shot similar to that disgusting shot. I think we had it for our Dirty 30 show. It was the tequila with a little bit of hot sauce. And so let's give us a shot, Ben. This is a new look. I don't, I, it, this will surprise my wife, but I don't I don't want to drink this. Neither do I. Neither do I. <laughs> this alcohol first time that it I do not want to drink. I don't like vodka in general. Vodka usually makes me really stupid. And if I sound that way towards the end of the episode, that's because of the vodka. Do we have to? Yeah. Well, what's the color of the shot? Describe the color a little Clear. bit. Clear. It's clear. It's clear. Are you sure there's Cholula in here? (laughs) There is. That's right right at the bottom. Just a dash of Cholula hot sauce at the bottom. So it's going to be a spicy, disgusting vodka shot. All right. If we pause for a moment after this, please (laughs) bear with us. Here we go. Yeah. Let's get ready to gag. Oh, boy. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Get ready, thirsting gold fans. Ah! Oh! Ah! <laughs> Why would they put that in a book? It's holy shit! That is fucking disgusting. That was probably the worst shot we've ever had on the show. Oh, I want I want to get the hot sauce just so I can taste something decent. <laughs> that that was definitely I I, I don't like vodka in uh, general. But next week uh, <laughs> we have absolute with Jaeger, even uh, better. Uh, so that I will feel like be Peter Griffin. No, actually, next week uh, I'm, uh, next week I'm going to do a different shot. Actually, I was thinking of. Uh, can we get something fruity? I was thinking because Sonya, Sonya is actually a big fan of pickle juice, and uh, so so next week and, and, and Sonya just came out for a second. Holy shit! Uh, before she heads off to uh, to bed, but Sonya actually does like pickle juice, and pickle juice does have a good amount of sodium, and it's great to drink after a, a long night of drinking. So uh, next can we week, do the pickle juice shot now. Nope, next week. <laughs> I'm going to get uh, some of those oh big Vlasic pickles, and we're going to 
cut it in half. We're going to, um, you know, take all of them out and then pour Jameson into those. Jameson. And so we're going to have Jameson pickle shots next week. Jameson. Jameson. <laughs> They're called. Uh, what, it can't be worse than what I just drank. No, this was probably the worst shot that we've that ever had. That was terrible. Yeah, that was not very good. I don't know what you would mix absolute papa with on a normal day. I think it's good f- with um, Bloody Marys. But what I, was I, the good, what was the, the alleged appeal of that there, there, there was no appeal so it, it's just <laughs> it's at the beginning of the alphabet that should just name that the bachelor party shot like uh, if you want to just drink something nasty and impress your friends uh yeah that was not very good and there's some no. you want you want some of the cholula at the bottom of that i know i want like a sponge <laughs> like a, a mouth sponge <laughs> that was that was worse than a, a rum shot a stomach that pump. was worse than a rum shot was it really i mean it was bad but it wasn't that bad ben it was I like rum better. You want another one? There's still no, one on the table. No, no. They're right here. No. Sonia? <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night, Sonia. Sonia will be on the show next week, we hope. With the pickle shots. Maybe. Pickles. <laughs> yeah, she'll be drinking and eating pickles. But, uh, Franny, what say you about that disgusting mess of a shot? Ugh. I'm, I was gagging uh, right when I took the shot. That was not a very good shot. I didn't expect it to be a good shot, but, you know, we're following the book. We're following the recipes from A to Z. There are 1,400 recipes, Ben. There couldn't have been anything and, else between uh, a, a and AB that was better than that? We've got two out of the 1,400 out of the way. So by episode 1,500 or so, uh, we'll probably get through that book because we usually have, there's like a story behind these shots. We're coming this, for you, Joe Rogan. This week, I mean, this is a leap day. And I couldn't really yeah, think of it. Yeah, it actually I, is a leap day. I, I, I this day isn't happening. Yeah, exactly. So I couldn't think of a shot. I was thinking of like one of those bomb shots because you're kind of, you know, I was thinking like leaping, you know, like throwing a, uh, a shot into like a beer or something, sort of like a leap. I don't know. But we, we haven't done one of those on the show just yet. And I don't want to break any of your glasses that you have here uh, either. Amazon. That's true. That's true. I know, but um, Jeff Bezos will send me new glasses. But I just figured, you know, we have that book with so many recipes. That's just, you know, Take the best ones, take the worst ones. Because the other one, it was that coffee shot. That was actually pretty it decent. It wasn't bad. That, that was a good the one. The A-bomb that, was not bad. That was a good shot. This one was disgusting. This one is a terrible shot. So if 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 you have a drinking game that me and like me and Ben play on this show, we would try to you know sip on or, or take shots of disgusting uh, sorts of alcohol, even though the Jim Beam fire is not that bad, the, the, you know, the Jack fire is not that bad, and even the Jim Beam apple I don't really – have any issues with Schliebovica warm Schliebovica on the other that's hand pretty that's, bad. that's pretty disgusting that's but at least up, I know what it tastes like I know what to expect this is I would say this vodka is uh, vodka with the Cholula that, that papar pe- is going to sit yeah, in our closet yeah, for a long time uh, I'm sure we'll, 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 we'll have to we'll figure find out find some other recipes oh, I'm sure if you mix it you know like in a Bloody Mary like where you're looking for extra spice that's a great vodka to use and actually uh, I was I was checking my uh, my total wine app to see if they actually had it in the store and it's rated five stars because people do use it, you know, for the right sort of drinks and this is not the right type of drink to go. No, but speaking it, of but... shots, there's a little bit more news that I want to bring to Friday's oh, yeah. attention thanks, thanks, here. Thanks, I just saw it on the because uh, big I'm screen? hoping it's it's still early in the evening, so I might be able to get Friday to take a shot here. We nope. didn't report this nope. earlier, no more shots. but Tony Romo Good for him. will remain with CBS God as its top Tony NFL Romo. analyst, agreeing to a record extension. 
CBS spokeswoman Jen Sabatel said the network and Romo have agreed to a long-term contract. The New York Post reported that Romo's new deals were $17 million a year. The former Dallas Cowboy star was still playing. That would make him the 17th highest paid quarterback next season. A long-term deal for $17 million to listen to Tony Romo. Yep. Yep, I'm not going to say, I don't want to take any more shots uh, tonight. But what do you think? I mean, does he deserve $20 million a year? Does anybody deserve $20 million to, um, you know, to talk about football? Uh, (laughs) It's a good question. Is there anybody Chris Collinsworth? No, definitely not Chris Collinsworth. Booger McFarland. Definitely. He doesn't not. deserve $17 no, no, no. a year to talk about football. <laughs> uh, but this is an interesting, I mean, it's interesting. It seems like there are a million lot of, dollars. That tells you how many Cowboy fans there are out there in the world. Yeah, yeah, Troy I mean, Aikman and. But you're a big fan of him too, Ben. I mean, I. I well, not, I, when he's, not when he's sick. When he's sick, he's like, well, A bomb <laughs> shots is very good. And uh, Alshon Jeffrey he runs uh, routes and catches. I mean, it, it, it seems like he was just stating the obvious in the last game that he was a commentator for. Um, but you know, a lot of people seem to like Tony Romo. Do you like him? No, I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a good commentator. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything negative about him. I, I just, I'm just not a big fan of, um, of the way he calls a football game. But $17 million. Good for him. Good for, good for him. Um, he got, he got a contract before Dak did. <laughs> <laughs> Dak ain't getting no contract. So even Jerry Jones yeah. ain't that stupid. He's not getting forty uh, yeah, million dollars a year. I'm not taking it any more shots. Happening. I'm not, I'm not, not going to say anything negative about Dak Prescott. I'm not taking any more shots. Tonight. I'm just trying to think in my head of the last time the Cowboys beat the Eagles in a big game, just so that it would be a touch of nerve with Friday. But I can't think of it. But Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of the week. It's another Scotch. Do you have some information for us, Ben, for the uh, Craig, is it Craig Isle? Craig Isle. Uh, Just for your information out there, folks, we taste a brown every single week. It's a scotch, a bourbon, a rye, a cognac cognac. every single week. Uh, I happen to be partial to the Isla scotches and the ryes. Franny is partial to the rise, and he's coming around. I like that. I mean, to the like, Arla, Isla uh, Scotches. We also uh, like the bourbons. I'll sip on look. I'll sip on the Lagavulin uh, or the uh, or on the Lefroig. I like those. The Ardbeg, though, Ben, which you're a big fan of. Oh, the Ardbeg. That if is, you're gonna go go big or go home, that's a little too harsh for me. Either all the way, the peatiest, boggiest <laughs> Scotch of them all. But every single week, we taste a you know a rye, a Scotch, a bourbon. Or a cognac, and this week we have an interesting offering, a new offering, I think. Friday, it is it is fairly new from Craig Isle or Isla. Craig Isle is a contemporary range of island malts sourced by their malt master from various. There you go, Friday. Various Scotch islands, mm-hmm. which are famed for the distinct flavors and aromas, whether it be single malt or blended malt, each bottle within the range has its own individual character, which is complemented by the bold packaging design. Well, I mean, okay. I love packaging design. That's what caught my eye. 
Interesting. It is. It is. It is. It's a nice because they don't have a Twitter account. It's I wasn't nice... able to. I wasn't able to find them on Twitter. Although the 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 the, the distillery. I'm not still not sure what the distillery. I don't know if they they don't have a distillery. Scottish Island Malts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't have a distillery. I just think they take aged whiskeys and then sort of put them in their own barrels. So I don't, I don't know if they have their like distillery distillery. So they're just taking it from the islands and then. Sort of aging it themselves. Interesting. Yeah. So we are tra- we are tasting the Craig Isle single malt Scotch whiskey. The character of this particular Scotch whiskey is traditionally aged in oak cast for a minimum of twelve years. Prior to bottling, it is characteristic of these islands. I'm not sure what these islands are. Could be Sky Island malt. Isla Jura. Is it's it Jura full, or Jura? Oh, that's right. Yeah. A full-bodied aroma and powerful, yet complex depth of flavor. The aroma is robust peat with a hint of coal tar. Sounds appetizing. Addition of a little water breaks the dominance of peat and releases subtle fruit and floral characteristics. The taste is big and bold with characteristically smoky notes. Over time, the strong peat character gives way to more subtle oak-derived sweetness. The finish is very long, and very smoky. The proof is 42.2, so it's 84.4% alcohol. Franny, what say you? You want to taste it? Yeah, their website is awesome. Oh, the website their, is their, amazingly their, their easy to navigate. Is excellent. So, And the design of the bottle and of the packaging is also top-notch. It's very modern, but also old school. Hmm. Smoky. I mean, just the aroma of it. Smoky, not so peaty. Not very peaty uh, for an island scotch. I uh, yeah, I don't I don't smell the peat. Hmm. No, there, it smells light. Yeah, it's it's light. It's, it's it smells it doesn't really hit you in the nose like like an like a real one. Like the Ardbeg. Like did. a real yeah. Isla Scotch. Well, cheers, Ben. Cheers to you. Let's give this a shot. I know how big of a fan you are of I love these the Isla Scotches. I finished and the Lefroy last I, week. I want to say this is an Isla. I'm not sure where this was sourced from because it's sourced from somewhere. It's going to have some peaty, smoky characteristics, but... Well, it says it's a Craig Isle single malt Scotch whiskey Isla style, but it doesn't say it's from... Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. That is very smooth. That is really smooth. Oh, that's good. It goes down. That's good. It goes down very easy. It's smooth. Got a little bit of a tang. A little bit of a a zing at the end. A little bit of a little little spice at the end. Oh, the finish is long. Oh, there it goes. A little fruitiness to it, I would say. I wouldn't say the peat smell is robust. It's fairly muted. I do smell the coal. I taste, almost taste the coal. You know what this is great for? It's great for anybody that's interested in getting into the world of island scotches. Oh, God, they're so good. You know, I mean, it, if if you're not ready for that peaty, smoky, intense flavor of an island scotch, this this will kind of introduce you and prepare you for those types of scotches, right? I, I mean, because it, 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 it has sort of, it's almost like like a watered down uh, Lefroig or, you know, watered down Lagavulin, um, you know, maybe like a Talisker, you know, 
from the Isle of Skye. I, I, I think it's, it's there. You know, some of the flavors are there, but it doesn't hit you in the back of the throat like the art bag would when you first brought it over. Yeah, but like, I, well, loved I remember, it. I remember I loved it. when you brought it over. I think it was with the Fourth of July. You brought it over, and you were so proud of yourself. And I looked at it, and I'm like, "This is an this is an island scotch. It's not something that we're ready yeah, for." Yeah, yeah. But you kind of came around to it, you know, like that that smoky, that peaty. Uh, sort of flavor, I taste- and now we enjoy it. Yeah. Now, now, when I drink a scotch, I'm like, where, where is the flavor? Because we've we've kind of grown accustomed to that smokiness and that peatiness, and if it doesn't have that, it's a little boring, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, when I drank it, I said, mm. <laughs> "That's exactly how you reacted." <laughs> um, mm. But I can see Frane's disappointed face when I brought it. He's like, no, no, I, I know I, what that is, and I, I don't knew, want it anywhere near me. I knew what it was. <laughs> I don't want it I anywhere what near it was. me. Um, but this, uh, for anybody that's not prepared for that, is a good introduction to, and it's not overly priced, too. It's, it's about, you know, between 40 and $45, depending on where you purchase it. It's going to be within that price range. And if, if you're like, you know what, I like scotch. It's missing something. But I haven't tried the island scotches yet. This is a good introduction. You try this, gets you ready for that that peatiness. Yeah. And then you go from this to, you know, the Laphroaig 10 or whatever. You know, the, the, then you kind of understand, you know, which direction the flavor is sort of moving. Yeah. And it, it lacks kinda, a little bit of a... There's there's not enough... There's there's some peatiness. is missing a little bit. But there's there's some peatiness... But it's not overly peaty, you know. It's there's a, just it's a more little smoky. bit. A li- there's, there, I'd say, there's more smoky. But if you let it linger, Even, there's, there's, there's some of that. The peat is there, but I, I mean, I, I like a little bit more of the peat, a little yeah. less of the smoke. But it's but definitely smoky on the a, taste and the finish. It's a very easy drinker, though. It's a very easy drinker. You can throw these back. It's very smooth, slightly creamy. I don't, I don't have the the lef- the, the left rag. That's an easy drinker. Yeah, that, well, that but, you can, but you that can throw back a bunch of those. Has like you did last week after the podcast. I did. I did. <laughs> you did after, and that that you killed the bottle, Ben. Yeah, I you did. killed the bottle. That left rug is I, good. I, I started during the Super Bowl, and you you murdered it. But uh, <laughs> but that but this sort of prepares you for that. And uh, you know what? I, I well, let's let's rate it now. I, I would say this is um, you know probably a seven out of ten on our thirsty goal. Rating scale for bourbon, scotches, and beers of 0 to 10. Let me taste it one more time. You're 7? I would say 7. Only because I want just a little more peatiness to this. But it's I love the smooth sort of finish. I give it a 6. Why? I want a little more... I want a little more boldness and creaminess on the... On the palate. Yeah. But for what it is. But for what it is. I mean, you give it a six, I give it a seven. But for what it is, as an introductory sort of island. Oh, for sure. Island I mean, yeah. scotch. Oh, yeah. That is, you know, not overly priced. And it's 12 years. It's aged 12 years. I would drink it all day. Pretty, uh, this is something that's easy to drink. I've just had the leg of wool and then you, the hard bag. And it gets you ready. I know what ready. the tens are. It gets you ready for that. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, or, or the talisker. You know, it, it's sort of... 
And, Ooh, and, the and, Talisker was good. Yeah, I need to grab the, some of the the is it the Jura or the Yura? I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it in in Scottish. <laughs> I can, I, but that's like another I raise island. It. I can, it's yeah. another island, and then we're gonna have to try some of Friday those. Friday puts it in perspective. Yeah, I, so I would say seven out of ten, but. For anybody that drinks scotch, I think they would enjoy this. I could give it a seven. I could raise it. <laughs> I could raise it. I could raise 6. it to 5. a seven. It, it just lacks a little bit of the. I just wish there was a little more peat. The, the, a little more peat. Like it, 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 it's it's almost like a watered down bog. You know? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like they added a little bit of uh, like fresh water to a bog. Well, what do they say? They say on the aroma. Taste, but the aroma, like the the that sort of coal, just a little bit of yeah, a little bit of that. There, agree with that. I just I wish it has a I wish it just had a little more creaminess, just a mm-hmm. little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'm just, you know, the art bag is so good, and the Lafroig is so good, and like the Lagavulin is so good. That's good. That's very good, but this prepares you for those. Oh yeah, and uh, and the the Port Charlotte was very oh, good. Oh, that as well. one is so creamy. I mean, the Port oh. Charlotte is really good, and that has a nice bottle too. Yeah, yeah. the Port Charlotte is really good. So I'm gonna stick with my six. All right, because those are all. <laughs> but this is, but this, I mean, for what it is. Yeah, I agree with Franny a thousand percent. If you're trying to get an introduction into the Isla Scotches, and it, the Ardbegs are too much, the Lagavulins are too much, uh, because they can be. Intense. Uh, this would be a nice introduction because it's light. It's subtle in terms of the, the peatiness. The smokiness hits you at the end. I agree. I'll yeah. go with a, I, I can go with a six or a seven. Either way. All right. Six, six and a half. 6.5 6. for you, Ben. 7 for me. Good offering. But from very good. Craig Isle. Absolutely. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beer of the week. We've tried uh, quite a few domestic beers recently, so I decided to go international to Belgium. All right, Friday, we'll be right back with our beer taste of the week. All right, and Ben, we are back with our beer of the week. It is from Belgium, and the can that it comes in looks so generic. It looks like something you just pick up off the shelf, almost like a cheap Budweiser, but it has some great reviews from Total Wine. I'm sure you have some information for us. I do. This is the Super Pills. This is the... uh, Bavik. Bavik Super Pills. (laughs) This is an interesting, I mean, as Franny said, the bottle is simple brown with a red label. This is Bavik Super Pills. Uh, if you've ever had a Superbach from Portugal, it looks very, very similar or similar to that. Uh, the Bavik Super Pills obtains its unique taste and aroma from its exceptional brewing process from Belgium. The Pilsner has not been diluted. They only use aroma hops. They guarantee a long and cold maturation process. And pasteurization is out of the question. We don't do it. They don't do it. Those four elements result in this unique Pilsner. They never compromise on taste. The fermentation is bottom. The beer style is lager. The color and clarity is pale yellow filtered 
until clear and unpasteurized. The aroma and flavor, crisp and pleasantly smooth, full-bodied character with crisp and fresh bitterness. Franny, that's, you want to taste it? Let's give it a sniff. Can you smell it through the can, Ben? Because I poured it into my uh, my glass mm, right here. Smells like Budweiser. It smells like um, like a light beer. I mean, it, it is it is uh, you know it's a lager. So uh, cheers, Ben. Let's do cheers it. Cheers to you. Let's try this. Oh wow, that's good. That's good. That, that is, is good. That, that is, is really good. Crisp and clean wow. and refreshing. That's that's really. I'm surprised. And that's why. That's I'm, why I'm shocked a, at how good a, that is. I know, seriously, it had a 91 rating uh, at uh, Total Wine, and I see now why. Because that's some good people. That is really easy to drink. It's crisp. I mean, you, wow. you drink it, and and it, it, it. I mean, it obviously tastes like a lager, but it just has that sort of crisp, refreshing sort of flavor. Ben, mm. not sure why they call it a super pills if it's a lager. I, I, maybe it's a pilsner. I guess I don't know, but <laughs> it's pilsner. Something else I have what? to learn. <laughs> I know we, we we should really brush up on our beer knowledge, but uh, but that is really refreshing, though. Wow, a small country like Belgium—they make so many beers over there. But it's usually wow, the beers that they make are usually it's the so darker, nice. It's the so darker, it tastes stronger. fresh. Yeah, it tastes that fresh is, for a mass-produced beer. That is a very refreshing beer, and it's it's not it, just judging by the can or you know by the bottle on the website right here. You wouldn't expect it because it, it looks so generic. You know, it, it looks like something that you would never pick up on your shelf. But that's what really caught my eye because it was just this simple looking beer. And, and at Total Wine, it just said, you know, 91 rating, whatever. That's good. That is some good stuff right there. Th- this is something that you would drink in the summertime in by hot weather. By, this is definitely one of those types of, types of beers. Uh, but everything they say is accurate. Mm-hmm. The 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 color is exactly Clear. accurate. Yep, golden color. The aroma crisp and pleasantly smooth. Absolutely, with a hoppy flavor. A little bit of a hop. Little hop. Little hop. Not. It's not overly hoppy, but it has that slight sort of hoppy. But it does finish. have a fresh bitterness. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, I mean, it's rare that you read it and you're like, oh, well, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not what it's going to taste like. Mm-hmm. But it does. Mm-hmm. And it's not, wow, that little bitterness at the end. That little bit of bitterness it, like, at the end. It makes you go. It makes you go, I want more of that. <laughs> no, but, it, and it's not, it's not expensive either. I mean, you know, for this six pack, you know, at Total Wine, it could, you might find it for cheaper, whatever, but it's like eight ninety nine for six of them, you know, where, you know, you're, you're, you're spending a little extra cash on some other beers that we've been huge fans of that are like $10, $11. Yeah, at least. This one, eight ninety nine. you get six of them, you enjoy it by the pool. This is this is a solid wow. beer. This is a Bobbik. Don't look Bobbik. at the screen. What would you say for the alcohol content? What would your guess be? 5.2%. <laughs> Miraculously, <laughs> I have it up on the board on our big <laughs> our, uh, on our 60 inch monitor here that we have to the right it's of myself 60. and to the left it's of like front a 30, of me. It's a 32 inch <laughs> monitor that fits under our canopy over it here. It says 5.2%. But that's I mean, this is really. I mean, I had the Super Bach. Mm-hmm. I had the Carlovacho. Yeah, I've had the. I'm not what's sure the, how, what's the one from uh, the Peroni or the Perone. I know the but the Pilsner Urkel from uh, from the, the Czech Pilsner Republic. Urkel. 
which Essentially is also the Budweisers of all these countries. Yeah, pretty much, but this has just enough flavor to keep you interested. But that crispness at the finish, that that it gives you, it's interesting. That's really nice. This is the first one that has competed with the one from Austria. Oh, the Otakringer. Oh, that Otakringer was was. I, I, they don't have it here. I can't find that Otakringer. But of all the but domestic sort me, of uh, mass-produced beers, that was my favorite. It so reminds far. me a little bit of that Rothaus from Germany. Yeah. Uh, without oh, with the the great label with without that the the Rothaus has that pine finish, but it's not as crisp. I would say as this, but just as easy to drink, and it gives you that sort of pop at the end. Damn, that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm shocked. Yeah, so am I. I I, I didn't expect it from just the label. For nine bucks for a six? For yeah. a six pack? Yeah. It smells nice too. Oh. Nice color. Not much head. Just open it. That's good. Yeah. That's that's how it tastes. It tastes like you pop open a beer. If that, that's that, what you want to that taste. Crispiness. That yeah. Pack. Ooh. That is very easy to drink. Wow. Very easy to drink. I might have to. I didn't put the rest in the cooler. I might have to do that for yeah. post-production. This yeah. is a pretty fucking good. But usually we finish the podcast and I'm like grabbing the mm-hmm. the Lafro egg or the art bag or the whistle pig but rye. This is, this is great to drink. I might in, drink this as sort of podcast. like in between, you know, because I mean, at 5.2% alcohol, not a, you know, a high alcohol content. Definitely but, not. Something that you could just sit back and enjoy and just sip on for long periods of time. Because, you know, the El Segundo beers that we tried, which were so good, extremely hoppy, you can only drink so many of those because of the higher alcohol content and, you know, depending on the weather outside, too. Yeah. I mean, you don't want anything too heavy. But this one, oh, this one you could drink definitely like any time of year. This is a great Wow. Beer. I'm surprised. Yeah. All right, finally on our thirst and goal rating scale of zero to ten Ooh. for a lager. Yeah, yeah. For what it is. For what it for is. For what it is, I would give this a nine out of ten. Be- because Ooh, nine. Oh, I, I think I'm just shocked. I, I think I'm surprised at the flavor that we're getting from it. Franny doesn't like many of the beers. Like many of the beers. Yeah, Franny's well, like- for for what it is. For what it for a light for a lighter beer. Because those oligoshes were nine and ten percent, this is a five point two. So you kind of expect something a little different. I would give this a nine for what it is. For a lager, this is Budweiser's competitor. <laughs> no, no, Budweiser has no flavor. This has. Yeah, I give it an eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would give it for what this is. This is as good as it gets for a lager. Yeah, especially that for something. I've it's not. It's not overly priced either. You know. I mean, what will but, you but how is it so? I mean, it's so crisp or, and so clean. Or you know. But yeah. to be this crisp and this clean mm-hmm. from many thousands of miles away, yeah, that's impressive. That is good. That is a good beer. All right, Bavik. And I've never heard of Bavik. Pills. I'm guessing when we go to uh, on our trip to uh, Belgium, yeah, <laughs> next year or the year after. Uh, we do want to take a trip to Scotland to see, definitely, uh, to check out the Isla 
scotches. Also a trip to Kentucky, which is not that far, <laughs> to check out the bourbon. A little bit closer. Refi- uh, distilleries. I would prefer going to Scotland, but, you know. But this is really, really good. Wow. Yeah. Definitely a good beer. Definitely a good offering. That was a good beer this week. Wow. Very good choice, Friday. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, band to finish up the show, unfortunately, <laughs> we have... Some housekeeping. All right. We're going to start from scratch right after this and do another show. Uh, but from right now, please, 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 thank you all so much for listening to our show. This is a show about football, fun, friends, and bourbon and beer reviews. Please head to our website at thirstinggold.busproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. Check out our show notes where you can get links to all the stories we cover and all of the bourbons, scotches, rise that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers out there. Pandora, we're on Pandora. You can link us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, CastBox, and any other podcatcher out there. You can also email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com. You can leave us a review. Please leave us a review. How many stars? Five stars, Ben. Please leave us a five-star review. You can call us. The phone number is in the show notes. You can check out Franny's amazing Instagram account at Thirstand Photography Extraordinaire on that Instagram account. You can follow us on Twitter at my lame Twitter account at Goldthirst. And you can also check out all of the photos, all of the stories that we tell, all of the news that we cover. You can get links for all of that. Franny. We finished up another episode. Episode 61. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes. Thank you all. And we'll see you next week.